Everybody and welcome back to Straight Outta Cloyne 2.0 with me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Turl. This is a very special edition of the Straight Outta Cloyne 2.0 podcast and it's something I've been very, very excited about for a while now. Uh, but before we get into this episode, I do just want to address a couple of things. First thing is a big thank you to the uh, couple of new listeners who reached out to me recently. Uh, it's really, really nice to hear that this show is growing outside of its origins, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's the right terminology. I'm not going to lie. This is attempt three at trying to record the start of this thing because my mic kept plugging out. But anyways, technical issues aside, I really do appreciate the, uh, the support and it's great to hear that this show is growing and hopefully we'll continue to grow and um, yeah, we can do some even more special editions of episodes of Straight Outta Coin 2.0 the more this show grows but the other thing that I also wanted to say is one of them made me aware of something that uh, I probably should have been aware about a bit sooner and that is the uh, star rating system on Spotify a couple of you have given this show a five-star rating, which I really, really do appreciate. And I promise this is the one and only time that I will ever say this, but it is something that I probably should have said sooner. If you are enjoying the show, or if there is something you feel like I can improve on, don't be afraid to give the show a star rating. Uh, you know, five stars would be great, or, you know, 4.75 stars, which apparently is the same thing according to Dave Meltzer, even though it's fucking not. But yeah, it's something that I, I never actually thought about until it was brought up to me. So yeah, if you do like this show, please... Do give it a rating, helps the show grow, helps get the word out there, and it helps, you know, contribute to some more fun and exciting things we can do on here. So, just that I wanted to get that out of the way, and again, big thank you to those who did reach out. But lads, I'm very, very excited about this episode. Uh, this is the first time I'll be doing something uh, like th this kind of style of episode, but it won't be the last time. The original uh, first idea I had for this style of episode was actually the uh, first ever Phoenix Wrestling show. I was going to do a watch-along, well, I am going to do a watch-along of that show, kind of closer to the anniversary of that time, which was the 26th of uh, September, 2020. But uh, I thought this would be a good way to do it as well, to kind of start this style of episode. So what we're doing today is a watch-along of Rebel County Wrestling's most recent show, Hooked on a Feeling, which, to be honest, I know this might be a case of uh, recency bias, but I still think to this day, and it's been, you know, a few months, or a few weeks, I should say now, since we uh, did the did the show, still think it's the best show I've been a part of. Just everybody was on another freaking level. It was just, I, I'm proud to have been a part of every single wrestling show I've been on, but there was just something special about this RCW show. Uh, the crowd really seemed to dig it too. Every match was just absolute quality. I felt like I was on my best level as a referee so far and uh 
that's you know a big reason why I'm looking forward to watching this back and I don't often watch stuff back that I've been a part of you know I, I have watched back the first ever Phoenix show just you know th- that was the novelty of being on a wrestling show for the first time and being able to watch it back um so like I did watch that back when that came up or when that came out I should say recently I went back and watched my first ever theater show which was uh, quite interesting don't think a watch along for that would probably work on this um, you know, type of platform just because with theater shows, obviously it is important that you listen to what's being said, whereas at wrestling, you can very much just watch the in-ring action and, you know, you can you can listen to the important parts as they come up as they come up, but a lot of it is about watching, you know. Um but like that was quite interesting. And I don't think I've actually watched back a full RCW show yet since it started. I've watched back like the majority of uh, the ones they've put out, but not like from start to finish. Like there were certain bits I wanted to go back and look at to see if they look good or, you know, could I have improved here or there. But this time I'm actually just going to watch the, uh, just going to watch the show and see, let's just see what happens. Because I haven't actually watched it back yet. I uh, I did go in and take a few screenshots for things just for the Insta. You know how it is. But uh, yeah, th- this is going to be quite exciting. Watching back a wrestling show I was on, the most recent wrestling show I was on, and uh, seeing seeing what it's like to watch back. Uh, so what I'm going to do is, in a few seconds, I will, uh, or a few minutes, I should say, I will hit the play button on the YouTube video here. Hopefully, you won't hear the noise as much. Let me actually just turn down the TV a bit. I did try putting in headphones in the PlayStation remote, and for some reason, it just won't work. I can barely hear anything, and uh, it's really, really frustrating, but... We'll, uh, you know, we'll de- we'll deal with it. We'll deal with what we have. Eventually, you know, we will have to upgrade this setup, especially if we're going to be doing watch-alongs, because I'd love to make these visual as well. You know, not just, uh, you know, not just not just audio episodes. I like the the, the video episodes as well. But a uh, bit of background, uh, a bit of a background story to tell before we get into uh, this, um, you know, watch-along as my laptop decides to go off. But this, uh. This refereeing performance of mine is something I'm very proud of for two reasons. One, I think before the show, when I was going over some of the matches with the guys and, you know, being told, like, where to be and at what time, I really felt like I was able to use the little bit of experience I have and give some of my input on how things could go. That was something I was very, very proud of. There's one match in particular, I might go into it a little bit before, uh, or during the match, I should say, uh, as it comes on but I was I was a bit proud that I was able to give a little bit of input uh, from you know a little bit from the little bit of experience I have you know I've been refereeing shows you know for three years pretty much it'll be three years in September and uh, you know t- t- this kind of period from late 2022 or even mid 2022 up until this point now mid 2023 has definitely been like the most busy I've been like I've obviously did the the last NXP show for Phoenix. I did the last ever Phoenix wrestling show, which is a watch long we could do as well at some stage. And I also, then I went on to do all the RCW shows. Like I've literally refereed every single RCW match since the promotion came into existence. And that's something that doesn't get lost to me. I'm very, very proud of that. But um, that that's the first reason I was proud of this show. The second reason is I came into this a little bit injured, <laughs> to put it mildly. So the week leading up to this show, and some of you will know I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I started it back in January, and uh, I've, I've been absolutely loving every single minute of it down to the T45 Jiu-Jitsu in uh, Balnacara, just outside Middleton. And uh, I have managed to, uh, you know, it, I've been relatively injury-free in, in Jiu-Jitsu. Like, the odd time you'll come back from a class and you'll be quite sore, but um, normally it's been fine. The last class I was actually at at the time of recording, because I haven't been there for a few weeks because I have been resting up a few of these injuries, I did feel a little bit of a tweak in my shoulder. 
But I, it wasn't like enough for me to like worry about it. It was just like, oh, my shoulder feels kind of sore. And the week leading up to Hooked on a Feeling, I kind of blew up my shoulder a bit more. And I thought, fuck, like of all times for this to happen, it's when I'm about to referee. So I just said, look, I'm not going to panic. Let's just take the week off, get up to the show. Then we can go back training, whatever, and all will be fine. Then also in the lead up to the show, I went to move a table in my house. A very small table, by the way. Not like a fucking, you know, big dinner table. It's literally like one of those little, pretty much like what I'm using now, even though none of you can see it. It's like a little kind of, it's more of a stand than it is a table. I bent down to move it and my back gave in a little bit. So I came into the show with a little bit of a, a bit of a sore back and a shoulder that would progressively get worse. <laughs> so that's just something that I, I felt like I wanted to let people know um, because I did see when I was like taking a few of the screenshots of the show at the very end, the sweat is out through me. Now, obviously, I'm in there for every single match, so I'm going to be a little bit tired and a bit sweaty. But uh, I think the pain was definitely... It was definitely kind of, you know, catching up to me as well. So that is just something I want people to know, that uh, your boy was a bit injured coming into this uh, coming into this show. But uh, anyways, you know, that's just for me to get a few sympathy votes. Uh, so, like, at the end of the year, when all these podcasts do these end-of-year awards, that you can give me refereeing performance of the year. But obviously I'm joking. But that is just uh, something I've kind of talked about a little bit on here, but not in, like, full, like, you know, not, not to the fullest extent. But uh, yeah, there is also a certain point of the show where I definitely made my shoulder a hell of a lot worse. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about that when we come up to it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, I'm going to give a countdown to when I hit the uh, play button for this episode. But if you don't know where to find it, if this is the first RCW show that you're watching, go over to the Rebel County Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, It's the most recent show, Hooked on a Feeling. And we are going to start watching it in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Here we go. Oh, this is exciting. First time I've actually seen the intro for a while. Typical. The first referee you see in the intro isn't even me. It's not even Foxy. It's actually Katie Harvey, which is interesting. Let me just turn this down a small bit again, just so... I don't want there to be any, like, reverb of the sound, but it's, uh... It's the best I could do. It's the first time I've actually watched this intro in full, I think. A lot of memories flooding back here from some of the highlights from both Phoenix Wrestling and from RCW. There I am, behind the Saviors of Destiny. There's Bedlam, the man himself, the creator of Phoenix and RCW. And here we go. There we go. There's Luke, a.k.a. Marion, whatever the fuck he goes by now. Billy Bedlam, and there's me in the back. This, this part of RCW will never not be cool to me. Like, making an entrance... Because this is the closest I'll get to making an entrance, let's be honest. You know, with a great song playing in the background. Looking out at a, a packed out crowd. This was also the same day Man City played Inter Milan at the Champions League final. So I was very happy I didn't get to watch that. Because we all know what the end result was of that game. And all I'm going to say, it's amazing you can what you can do with 115 uh, charges against you. But anyways, we're here to talk about wrestling, not about the fake sport of football. Oh, there's Luke giving me a low blow. Man, Marion Armstrong, it's one of the few people who I never got to referee whilst he was around, which is a shame because uh, he is entertainment personified. But it's it's a pleasure getting to, uh, to, work, to, to do these intros with him is great. As Billy Bedlam already looks absolutely knackered, here's Marion giving the intro. Let me open up this can of monster I have next to me here. Oh, 
you can't beat these feelings. The start of the RCW shows. Such a great energy. I had to stay quiet there for a second. Luke with a great intro there. Goosebumps at this point. The RC dub chant. God, I love the RC dub logo. God, my arms are pretty skinny there. Yes, it was. I completely forgot about this part. Oh my God. There was some sexy march. It was, we had the uh, RCW invasion style, WCW invasion style shirt. And then we had the RCF and W shirt, obviously similar to the ECW design back in the day. Some lovely march. RCW have always had great march. Phoenix did as well. Absolutely fantastic. Here we go. There I am, boys. Skinniest arms in wrestling. <laughs> I never thought that would happen. Joseph is the baby face. Dylan is the heel. Can you believe it? And there's Bedlam himself. The man... Looking very similar to Dana White. And here we go, getting ready for the first match. Here we go. This is always a bit where the, the nervous energy starts to kick in for me. Not even when I'm behind the curtain. It's always when I'm getting ready for the first match. Of course, yeah, this is potentially the last show at the Kino for a while at least. The old owners obviously moving on to new opportunities and best of luck to them. But hopefully we can revisit the Kino again soon because it's a great venue. Obviously RCW has been there uh, for all our shows and it's, uh, it's a venue that uh, it'll always hold a special place in my heart. You know, between my first show there was the, the final Phoenix show, which obviously Scotty Tuhati got to be, uh, Scotty Tuhati was on, which it was a pleasure to be a part of. And then we have, uh, we've had all the RCW shows there as well. Plug in the main event and what a main event it was. Looking forward to watching that back. I got a little bit, uh, I got a little bit involved in that. Reardon O'Connor versus Raven Creed. Another great match. There was not a bad match on this card. I've never, I don't think I've ever refed a bad match though. You know what I mean? Shout out to Liz. Returning to Irish wrestling shows for the first time since her, since her surgery. Easy for me to say. Big shout out to Liz. Love the all the guys over at Irish Wrestling Entertainment. Big up to all them. Here we go. The opening contest. Oh, here we get this great video package from CBL. <laughs> this is this is this is comedy gold. This is. Oh. <laughs> that long for Jersey. Wonder what year that's from. Because it's got the old GA logo on it, so there can't be a new one. That must be a, a pretty old one. <laughs> I 
Oh, here we go. You do not realize how hard it is to keep serious in these moments. Like, I've done both pro wrestling and I'm also a trained actor. And in acting, it can be tough to keep serious at times, but you, you rehearse stuff so much that it, it gets quite repetitive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit easier to get. It's still very tough, but it's a bit easier to get down. But this stuff, stuff I'm not prepared to see, and a lot of stuff in wrestling happens, you know, on the fly. And it's so hard to keep serious a lot of the time. Ah, oh, look at that dog. Reminds me of my old dog, Molly. Like, it's such, it's, what, what I love about this, right, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, this is so silly, but it's good silly. Like, it's silly that, like, you know, it's like, it's not, you're not taking yourself too seriously, you're well able to take the piss out of yourself, and it just, you know, it's just, it's fun for people to watch. I think everyone can get, uh, you know, a lot of enjoyment out of it. That's the great thing about RCW shows, is I, I don't think you really need to be a weekly viewer of WWE or AEW to come to a show and just enjoy it, you know? There we go, Matt Skyler making his way to the ring. First ever match I refereed on a show was actually a Matt Skyler match against Dino Power. Back when he was a dastardly heel. One of my uh, one of my best friends in the business. Despite the fact he's probably the most deluded Arsenal fan I've ever met in my life. But he would probably tell you the same about me being a United fan. Although, you know, I think his delusion would be a little bit higher. But again, he'll probably tell you the same about me. But there he goes. Great entrance music as always. Probably one of the most underrated people, not just in Cork wrestling, but I think in Irish wrestling. Full stop. And I know he probably won't want me licking his hole too much. But a very, very underrated performer. And uh, I definitely think someone who uh, needs to be on a lot more shows. Because he's, he's always a pleasure to referee. Great guy to just you know, be, around the, be around the locker room. And here we go, Renzo Rose. So here's here's a little bit of uh, behind the scenes stuff for you. Let me wait till he comes out through the curtain. Let me just uh, let this entrance build up. It's a great entrance. It's my second time, I think, refereeing a Renzo match. He's a great guy to, to work with as well. I do not remember the speaker being that close to the curtain. That's weird. <laughs> and here he is. So, Renzo Rose coming out bearing roses. You know who bought those roses that day? Me, Joseph Dylan Turo. That's who bought those roses from the Tesco down the road from the Kino. Down in Paul Street, I think it is. So you can thank me for those lovely roses being a part of this match. I only found this out recently. People don't know that he is actually Italian. <laughs> like, some people thought like it was like part of his character or part of the gimmick. No, this he is a legit Italian man. He ain't no Santino Morella, you know, Canadian with Italian descent. Renzo Rose is a very proud member of the FBI, the full-blooded Italians. Shout out to that old faction in like, what, 2003, 2004? When I was younger, I didn't know what the Federal Bureau invested, whatever the fuck the actual FBI stands for. FBI to me was full-blooded Italians. And here I am refereeing a full-blooded Italian 20 years later. Life, eh? <laughs> but here we go. So many, like, for, for, you know, we're an independent promotion. Like, this, the the is a great venue, but, like, you know, it's not the longest entrance in the world. But there are still so many great entrances. Here we go, Renzo on the mic. Okay, I need to turn this up a little bit to hear what he says. My memory is a bit foggy. I'm sure he's doing nothing but praise Cork and how much he loves the people 
of both the city and the county. Bit of that Dominic Mysterio heat. Ah, oh, you love that's I love I love that crowd interaction. I love when the crowd become part of the show because that's that's what wrestling is. It's a very it's you know it's so dependent on the crowd. That's why COVID was so weird. You know we had the Thunderdome in WWE. AEW did their thing in that stadium, the Jacksonville, Florida stadium, whatever that's called. But like you you, you need the crowd. Like the cinematic matches were great, but you, you, wrestling needs a crowd. Ah, oh, harsh words, harsh words. You can see my disgust there in the background. God, my belly's hanging out a bit alright, isn't it? You could tell I hadn't trained in a couple of weeks. Oh, strong words. CBL, nowhere to be seen. Oh, go on, Liz. <laughs> I love that. I take offence to that because I'm considered a cult chief. I grew up in the countryside in East Cork, so. I don't think they know what that is in Italy. Great reception for Skylar. The Irish Edge. <laughs> if you know, you know. Oh. oh! Big right hand. Here we go. Uh, the pace, like the pace of some of these matches are just incredible. It's Skyler. I mean, I think he's been wrestling since what, like 2016, 2017? Around the time I had one or two sessions. But uh, he wrestles like someone has been doing it for 10, 15 years. It's crazy. Although 2016 was nearly 10 years ago. It's my first pin. My first pin of the night with my my blown out shoulder. Renzo now on the outside. Oh, here he comes. Is it gonna be a big dive? No, it's a big right hand. That that like little um that little part of the floor, like where the front row is. Like there's such little margin for error there. I nearly fell there getting up. I I counted the pin and I nearly fell getting up. Oh god. Big chop there by Renzo. But yeah, like that, that like, you know, if you are doing a dive or anything there, there's such a little margin. Like that's what I th wish more people realize is that like with wrestling, like you've really got to be, Matt Skyler doing a Shawn Michaels bump there. You've got to be really like careful. Like it, wrestling is such a, like it's a performance, it's a show, it's entertainment. But the, the margin for error is so small, you know. There I'm getting down for another pin. Renzo arguing. About the count. Oh, there we go. Dylan's in later, my evil twin brother. Yeah, I think that does make sense though. Joseph, which is obviously the name I took from my granddad, that would make sense to Joseph. Joseph would definitely be the babyface. Dylan would 100% be the heel. Oh, but look at this dastardly, this dastardly man. Oh! I tell you what, those words from an Italian, they hurt. They hurt. Yeah, I agree with Luke. Good thing he said that to Joseph, not Dylan. Dylan would have had something something else to say about that. Another kick out there. From Renzo. No, but it's uh, it's it's always great to kind of um you know like obviously like Matt Skyler is someone who I would have known 
when Phoenix was around, especially when I was training, you know, Reardon O'Connor, Raven Creed, obviously Billy Bedlam, um, you know, Mr. Charlie, uh, you know, uh, Chris Connolly, like there's so many people who I would have known then, but I always love like when these people like Renzo Rose or, you know, CBL or Fabio, like these guys who come from all over, you know, Ireland and, and Europe, you know, when these people come in, it's always a great experience to, to referee these guys as well. Um, and obviously to see them mix with, with the with the talent that, that we've bred here in Cork and Munster. Oh, big double clothesline. Here we go. Oh, there's a big view of my ass cheeks there. Oh, what's happening? What's happening? Oh, it's CBL again. Oh, this is great. Oh my god, this is too good. God, it's weird. I feel like when I was refing this, it took it felt like a long time to get up to this point, and now I'm watching it back, and it feels like <laughs> it feels like it's all happened so quickly. God, shout out to Tom as well, who's uh, filming the show. He did a really good job at capturing these moments. Not that like other people haven't done a great job, of course they have, but uh. This has been uh, this has been shot really well, and there he is, there he is. What a great one! The pop he got, like the connection CBL has with the uh, the crowd. Like I've only ever refereed him in Cork, but like he seems to be over everywhere he goes. But especially in Cork, like you swear Longford is a part of Cork. The way people react for him and, and the way people have gotten behind the Longford movement. But there he is. He's definitely one of my favorites to referee. Love that farmer's tan. Oh, he's got Skylar up. And you know what happens to things that go up? Oh, talking some trash to Renzo. Renzo climbing the, up the, the ropes. Oh, well, he's also going up. I can't believe it as I'm talking. I clearly can't believe it in the ring either. Oh. Oh, Renzo manages to escape. But Skylar gets the worst of that roll through. Oh, lovely Inseguri. CBL is out of here. There I am with a Charles Robinson-esque pin. Charles Robinson, who I've met before. Shout out to Charles. I'm sure he listens to this show constantly. Oh, lovely reversal there by Matt Schuyler. Like, it will that will never cease to... Uh... Oh, amaze me seeing things like that up close. But the roses that I paid so much money for before the show have been destroyed. I was so, I was so annoyed. I was planning on giving those to, to a special someone afterwards. One, two, three. There we go. CBL gets the win. For me, like, that's the perfect match to start any wrestling show. Just something that's fun to watch. You know, wrestlers who are over with the crowd. A lovely little, you know, moment like that with CBL. Bit of fun with the, the video package. You know, makes that surprise uh, appearance then at the end. Oh, there we go. Doing a little jig. As you can imagine, that... Hurt my shoulder a little bit. <laughs> to be fair to CBL, he didn't know. He didn't know. And listen, who am I to complain about an injury when these guys are putting their, their lives on the line in the wrestling ring? But that is, uh, yeah, that was a fun match to go back and watch. But it's bad, like, when I watched that match, like, that just flew by. But when I was refing it, it just it feels like you're in there for so much longer. Like, that's why I'm excited to watch the main event. Not just because it was a great match, but because I, it felt like a, a long match, you know? And, but like long matches can be great matches as well. Like just look at, you know, some of the greatest Ironman matches of all time. But when I was, when I was, um, 
refereeing the main event. It just felt like, wow, like it feels like we've been in here for a while. So it'll be interesting to see like how um, how long it feels when I watch it back. But look at that. Look, at, I, I, lo I just love seeing that when people have such a great connection with the crowd, you know? I think CBL could potentially be a future Rebel County Wrestling Champion. I think a, a champion in any promotion around Ireland or, you know, the UK or Europe, like whatever, uh, whatever he decides to do. I think he's one of these people who can be whatever he wants to be, you know? He's just that damn talented. <laughs> Me and Bedlam trying to get the roses out of the new canvas. <laughs> oh, God. He's very protective of these new canvases, so he is Bedlam. Which, listen, I can't imagine they're cheap. But, you know, listen. There's gonna be... Yeah, there, there you go. There's gonna be some, uh... You know, roses are definitely not the, uh... The worst thing that touched that canvas... That day. Here we go. The next match. I actually have the the run sheet of this card in my room somewhere. Here we go, my fellow East Cork. I was going to say compatriot, but you know, East Cork is not a nation. But my fellow East Cork resident, Anita Vaughan. Of course, she's from Castle Martyr. I'm from... I'm from Cloyne. But here she comes. Crazy to see, like, just the, uh... Like, how far she's come, Anita Vaughn. Like, uh, obviously, she would have been one of the people I would have known as well when I started training with Phoenix. And, uh, obviously, she's been doing great things. Not just RCW and, you know, Phoenix previously. But, obviously, with Fight Factory Pro Wrestling as well. I've seen her, like, wrestling in Belgium and stuff. Like, that's... It's great to see all these guys, you know, go on to do cool things. And, and like, to, to wrestle away from, you know, away from Ireland. And just build up that experience and you know, hopefully go on to even even bigger things. But to see someone from, like, around my neck of the woods. Like, Klein and Castle Martyr aren't exactly, like, down the road from each other. But, you know, they're both East Cork. And, uh, you know, she would have went to school across the road from where I went to school. Um, I went to St. Coleman's. I believe Anita went to St. Mary's, where my mother actually went. So, it's pretty cool to see that. And she's a United fan as well. So, got a lot, lot of things in common. Although, she does not seem to be a big fan of me when I referee her matches. And we'll see that later on as well. But obviously, a lot of success, as I say. Big part of the Savers of Destiny too. But here we go. Here is the fastest rising star in Irish wrestling at the moment. Galicini, who has just been... Like, it's such a... He's just fun to watch. I was talking about that in the, the opening match. Like, Keen is just someone who, no matter, like, as I said, whether you're a diehard wrestling fan or someone who just goes to shows or you've been dragged along to a show or whatever, Galicini is someone who you're going to have fun watching. You know what I mean? Like, and he's one of these people, like, he's great in the ring, but he just goes to show, like, how important it is to have a relatable character. You know what I mean? And and a character that, you know, you can, even if, even if you want to boo him, you boo him because there's something about him that, like, just kind of irks you. But irks you in a good way. You know? Look at those moves. Look at that. Like, I wish I could dance like that. And it's the confidence. The confidence to dance. That. It's it's so bad that it's good. You know what I mean? It's like the Simpsons wrestling for the PS1. It's so bad, it's great. He's got a bit of rhythm to him, though. I gotta give it to him. Got a great mustache as well. But, uh, Keen, who, funnily enough, at the last Phoenix show, he actually refereed the match on the, uh... Uh, the pre-show match, which uh, was pretty cool. I know he did a little bit of refereeing, I think, just before I came back. But look at that. Showing off those moves again. 
Oh, but Anita, she's going to show how us East Corkonians do it. Here we go. Come on, let's put these Limerick people to shame. Let's see. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Kian's going to start. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Like, that's impressive. You can see the shock. You can see my shock back there. But come on. Anita, let's show, let's show how the East Corkonians do it. You can see that there's a little bit of concern on her face. Like, honestly, one thing I can't do. I, I, one thing, I, two things I wish I could do that I can't do. One is sing. Like, good. If I could sing, you know, goodly. Is that a word? If I was a good singer. And the other thing is dance like nobody else is watching. Oh, he did it again. He did it again. Like, that's an ankle breaker for me. But let's see, can Anita, can she do it? Here she goes. Another former T45 alumni. Oh! Well, there's a swerve. There's a swerve. That is probably a very Castle Marker thing to do, in all fairness. Getting that heel heat. You love to see it. You do love to see it. I think, like, the thing is, they say it's easier to be a heel than it is to be a babyface. It's easier to get people to not like you than it is to get people to like you. But being being a heel is such a... It's such a skill, you know? Because you want people to not like you, but you also don't want the, the go-away heat. Oh, here we go again. Galicini acting like he's in Chambers across the road. Great nightclub, by the way, Chambers. Here we go. We get to see some wrestling now. Oh, big shoulder block. But yeah, I think Keen, I think he's told me he's been training because I spoke to him a little bit after the show. I think he's been training either just under a year or maybe just over a year. But either way, like to be on shows, wrestling someone like Anita Vaughn with, with such an over character and to uh, to you know, to be doing like you know to, to to be wrestling to the the level he's wrestling at already like that's so impressive you know what i mean it really is and it takes a lot of hard work and dedication let me tell you that much and uh it's always great to see like you know young new young promising talent coming through like it's it's always great and to see the mix of people who've been on the scene a while look at the strength of Anita Vaughn. that is incredible ah oh! throwing Keen around the place Galachini, i should say throwing Galachini around the place like he's nothing <laughs> I think Luke just said the exact same thing. Maybe I heard him while I was in the ring. That's something someone asked me as well recently was, um, can I hear the commentators when I'm in the ring? I hear bits. I hear bits and pieces. I don't hear everything. But I often hear... It's always when they're talking about something that uh, is quite important, I seem to hear them. Maybe it's selective hearing. I don't know. But here we go. Counting on my dodgy shoulder again. I promise I'll stop bringing that up. You can see Chris Connolly there on the outside. Avoiding the submission here. Well, Anita is also someone who has trained at T45, so she knows a thing or two about submission holes. Galicini reversing here. Ooh, right into the corner. It's a nasty one. Oh, lovely suplex. Lovely, lovely suplex. That looked nasty, and that's a that's a very hard spot of the ring. I mean, I mean, listen, if you're not a wrestling fan and you've decided to watch do the, like you know watch this watch along, first of all, welcome. Hope that uh, you're enjoying it. But secondly, that ring is not soft. That surface. A lot of people have that misconception about like wrestling rings. That is a fucking nasty thing to fall on. And if you're falling on it, you got to make sure you're falling on it right. Obviously, as a referee, like positioning is so important. Like my positioning should have been better there. That's something that uh something I'm still working on. Oh, the taunting from Anita. 
Oh. Oh, big boot. Big boots the head of Anita Vaughn. Look at that athleticism. Oh. Oh, the Insiguri. Which seems to be a move that uh, has a lot of success in the RCW ring. Will it get the finish here, though? No, it won't. It's actually really fun. I'm actually having a lot of fun. Like, that's the thing about RCW shows. Is a lot of the time, I'm in the ring. Like, refing... Well, all the time I'm in the ring refing these matches. And I'm just there thinking, like... This, like, this is the type of show I'd like to be at as a fan. You know, I, I love refereeing them. But what I'm saying is... I, I can tell when the fans are having fun and when the fans are enjoying it. And, uh... Like, this is one of those shows where I'm just like... It's like, you know, sometimes you watch a pay-per-view... Uh, you know, like, I'm backlash earlier this year in Puerto Rico. Like, I was watching that show being like, like, I wish I was there. Like, the fans just look look like they're having so much fun. Like, listen, the Saudi Arabia shows, like, you know, what, like there's a lot of conversations you could have about those shows. But uh, I think that the fans never seem to look like they're having as much fun as, as like, you know, North American or Hispanic or European audiences are, you know. But uh, the RCW shows, I always had that feeling. Like, th these are great shows to be at as a fan. Like, they really are. It's probably it's it's you know it, it really is cool to be a part of uh to be a part of these oh Gallicini though he his has his first pinfall attempt but he might feel like my count was slow I might have heard that in the background I'm joking obviously Chris getting a little bit frustrated I think trying to motivate his uh his client oh oh look at that oh ring IQ insane there. Another kick out. God. It, it is like, oh, here we go. Another pin attempt. You know, it, it is very exciting to think like what could be, uh, what the future could hold for, for Galicini. And to be for, for Anita, Anita Vaughn as well. Like she's been like, you know, she's been on a, her star has been rising so much in the last couple of years. And I think that that's only going to, that that's only going to keep growing. Like, you know, that, that that's the, that's the cool thing about these guys. Like, they're already all at a really, really good level. But there's still so much more to come from literally all of them. Well, I have to say, God, that that's a poor a poor uh, moment for myself there. Anita putting her... That, that is so unlike East Cork to be cheating. The feel on the rope. I can't believe... We need VAR. We need to get VAR in RCW. Can you believe it? Well, that's on me. That's on me. Well, Joseph, he's a good guy compared to Dylan, but I don't know if Dylan would have made that mistake. Joseph, the the positioning should have been a lot better there from myself. But what a performance by Galicini. But this, oh, look at this. Chris with a hell of a clothesline. And imagine the position I'm in here. Like, look at the size of me compared to Chris. There's nothing. There's nothing I can do here. There is nothing I can do. But he turns his back on his partner. Oh, and here we go. I love this move, but I don't know if Galicini deserved to take this after such a hard-fought match. The F5. What a cool move. It is It is my favorite finishing move of all time. Bedlam coming in to get involved here. Oh my goodness me. Look at the power behind that push. Imagine me trying to stop that. And you'll see later on, like when Chris comes near me, things don't normally go well and he takes off the Galicini shirt and the big man shit shirt that's a hard thing to say the BMS shirt on full display typical Cork City typical Cork City 
Oh, flipping off the, the, the fans who give their hard-earned money to us to come watch these shows. Can you believe that? Gattaccini looking a bit shook up there. That's a nasty one, that F5. But he took it like a champ, in fairness. But look at that. The fans still cheering his name afterwards. But I tell you what. That one's on me. I have to extend my sincerest apologies to Gallaccini. Should have uh, should have been more aware of the, of the feet being on the rope. But listen. We're still we're still learning. Me and, uh, me and Dylan. Both learning. Because apparently, you know, we're two different people. We're 100% two different people. Of course we are. Oh, like the same person could not have taken the amount of falls that Joseph and Dylan both took that night. Up next. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. I guess I'm admittedly I've forgotten the running order of some of the matches, but this was just wow. Like, you know, obviously I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, and uh, you know, been refing for three years and whatnot. But it's matches like this that really kind of just put into perspective like how great wrestling can be and to see this level of match happen right in front of you and to be in the ring the exact same time that you know the exact same time that the, that, that 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 this match is happening it's probably very bad english for me there but i think you get what i mean like to, to have literally the best seat in the house for a match of what we're just about to watch is unbelievable leighton buzzard Obviously, I had a pretty cool moment at the uh, the RCW show back in February, which was the first time I got to meet him. Um, he obviously put the ICW title on the line and uh, against Martin Steers, and, and that was cool for me because, obviously, ICW is a promotion I would have watched so much as a teenager and it, it definitely kind of going into my early 20s as well. And, uh, you know, so many great people have wrestled for that promotion. You know, Fergal Devitt, you know, Rey Mysterio's even wrestled there, Kurt Angle, Drew McIntyre, you know, like Pete Dunne. There's been so many great big names that have gone over to wrestle for that promotion. And then to be able to referee a match for their world title was uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And something that I never even would have dreamed of, you know. Um, I was going to say it was a dream come true. But then I said I've never dreamed of it. Well, that's a lie. I had, I had dreamed of that. But to have been involved in an ICW title match, like stuff like that is uh, is incredibly cool. Oh, here we go, here we go. This is, for me, the coolest theme song in Irish wrestling. Crawl by, uh, what's it called? Why can't I remember the name of the fucking band? Kings of Leon. But the draw, Jay, Danny Cross, whatever you want to call him. My first time actually getting to referee one of his matches. And uh, this was something that I was very glad to be able to do because uh, he is just incredibly talented. I was at Scrapper Mania earlier this year and uh, you know he had, a, he had an incredible match with LJ Cleary to open the show and I was really really looking forward to, to, to you know being able to actually work with him um, you know obviously you know work one of his matches I should say but what what, what a performer and it's like I think uh, I listened to the guys at Irish Wrestling Entertainment do a, a review of this show and I think that uh, you know, I can't remember who it was it might have been Liz you know like the crowd kind of went a bit silent when, when, when Danny came out but not in like a bad way almost in like he just has this aura about him you know and like the, the way the like the, the tone and the mood of the room when when that theme song plays is just it's just such uh, it's, it's it, 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 I feel like you have to be there to really feel it, but like you can't help but just watch, pay attention, and like you just cannot take your eyes off of him. 
But again, another guy who uh, has a huge future. He's already had a great career up to this point, but has such a, f a huge future ahead of him as well. But uh, to, uh, honestly, to say that the pace of this match was uh, was fast would, would be uh, the, the understatement of the year. But like, it just that this was like this was your typical banger indie wrestling match. It really was. Like you know, they, they're all, they're all great matches, but this one was just like this is like this this showcases how great independent wrestling can can be in terms of you know like false finishes and and you know in ring psychology. Like th th this was just uh, this was incredible. Leighton giving me the nod there to say he's ready. Danny doing the same. Fionn rings the bell. Big shout out to Fionn. Such a huge part of, uh, you know, Phoenix back in the day and now RCW. Great guy. But here we go. Oh, I can't. I'm actually. This is probably the match I've been most excited to watch back. Because this was just. this this The quality of wrestling here was just insane. My second time, well, technically my third time refereeing Leighton, because I refereed two of his matches on the uh, the show back in February. Obviously, we did the, the Matt and I show beforehand, and then the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the over-18s show afterwards. But, like, it is, like, you know, like, this is a match where you really, I, I think, see, I, I feel bad saying things like this, because I feel like, you know, I don't want other people to think that I don't think this during their matches, because I think it's cool to referee every match, but it's just, there's something about, like, the, this style of match and, and the quality of matches like this, where I just go, I can't believe that I'm here. Like, I can't believe I'm a part of this. And, uh, you know, obviously, you want to be as professional as possible. You want to be you know, in the moment as possible in terms of, you know, you know, obviously, like, I remember when I did meet Charles Robinson, he said to me, when I asked him for any advice, he said, like, don't treat it like it's real, like, treat it like you're, you're refereeing a real fight, and, uh, you know, as, as much as I want to get lost in the kayfabe of it all, it, it, it is like, you know, the, the, the mark inside of me would, uh, is always, you know, very present during these matches, and it's always very much like, you know, young Dylan slash Joseph, whatever, would never have believed that he would have been a part of this. He really wanted to be a part of all this and really hoped he would, but I don't know if he ever really thought it was possible. And, uh, yeah, that's why I've been really excited to watch this back. Here we go, some chain wrestling, although Danny grabbing the hair. Dastardly Dubliner. T typical Leinster. No offence to any dubs or Leinster. I think I pissed you all off and off in the, in uh, one of the more recent episodes. Oh, Oh, look at that. Throws him up in the air, gets him into a, into a submission. <laughs> I asked Danny there if he wanted to continue. He said, yes, I want to continue. It's a fucking wrist lock. That should, that should have got a better reaction. <laughs> Listen, you got to ask, you got to ask. These submission moves, you know, they put a lot of pressure on the, the points that they're, that, that's being targeted. You got to ask. It's funny, like, I look at the ref shirt that I'm wearing. And the ref shirt that I'm wearing in this show, it's the one I've worn for the last couple. It's actually a little bit too big. The one I had before that had the opposite problem. It ended up becoming too small, and it looked like a fucking belly top on me. So, um, hopefully, I'm hoping soon, and I might need to put something up on Instagram about this, if someone could point me in the right direction where to get, like, custom, like, ref shirts made. Because I'd love to get, like, an RCW ref shirt made. Like a red and black one, maybe, you know, a bit of white on it as well. I think that would be really cool. Maybe the RCW logo on it. Because I did find a red and black kind of, like, sports jersey style 
um, shirt that you know could be a good prototype for it. It's a Nike one, but I'd, I'd like to be able to get like a proper RCW one. So I'm gonna have to look look into that. Preferably not like a polo shirt. I'm not a big fan of polo shirts, but um, you know something like something that's red and black and something that looks like so, that looks like something a referee would wear. That's probably the best way I can put it. Look at that, Danny jumping off the rope into a powerbomb position from Leighton. Oh, he raked the eyes. To be fair, I'm not going to blame myself for not seeing that. I think uh, he managed to do it in quite a... Quite a hidden position. Oh, jumps to the outside. Like, to, to like the... Not so much the naked eye, but to, to, the, to the casual viewer. Like, the ring might not seem like it's up on too much of a height. Or, you know, that it's, you know... You know, obviously the WWE rings and, you know, AEW and New Japan and whatever, like these more mainstream promotions, their rings obviously are a lot bigger than the indie rings. But uh, I tell you what, like that's like jumping from that height, it never, never ceases to amaze me. Because uh, again, as it just goes back to what I said earlier, the margin for error is so, so small. Oh, nasty kick right into the ribs. Jay not holding back here. Excuse me, Danny. Danny Cross not holding back. Has Leighton in the corner. That's some nice ink there. Leighton's tattoo on his arm. Only kind of noticing that now for the first time. Danny's got some cool ink as well. I've got some ink as well that you can't see there. Two sleeves covering it. And obviously I've got the uh, Undertaker tattoo on my leg. Leighton. Can't get out of the bloody corner. God, you can really see the sweat. I'm, I'm sweating like a pig at this point. I am so I am really looking forward to substituting Dylan in for Joseph at this stage. Oh, but a big reversal there. Lovely knife edge chop. That's something that someone mentioned recently. I remember back in the day when JR would always call chops knife edge chops. I feel like we never hear that anymore. At least I haven't heard it for a while. Like admittedly, sometimes a lot of the time now when I watch wrestling, the commentary sometimes I zone out a little bit. I don't know, I just kind of feel like I'm in my own world. When I'm watching wrestling, I don't really pay too much attention to what the commentators say. Maybe that's just the way, even like with, with, with any sport, I feel like that, uh, you know, maybe UFC being the only exception, that I, I just don't listen to the commentary that much. But, I, you know, I've never, I haven't heard someone call a chop, a knife-edge chop, in a minute. Now, listen, I've been a wrestling fan for over 20 years, and I'm willing to admit this. Maybe they, I don't know if they are two separate things, a chop and a knife-edge chop, so if someone is willing to educate me on that, please feel free. It's always the thing, like, you know, I'm never afraid to admit if I don't know something, even when it comes to something like wrestling that I've watched my whole life. Oh, here we go, Jay getting a bit up in, in my face. Tell you what, it was a, an intimidating moment there, I won't lie. Because uh, these men could uh, easily put me to sleep anytime they want, as you will probably see later on. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, here we go. Is he going to go for those 10 punches? There's not a lot I can do here. All I can do is ask him to get down. I can count to 10. Now oh, he gets down off the rope. I think it was the one time he probably did listen to me, Danny. Or maybe he just, you know, maybe he was off his own accord. I don't know. Big knee to the back there. Oh, another one. There we go. One, two, kick out. I, I you know I'm actually enjoying this style of uh, of episode. Big shout out to the guy there at the bar wearing the United kit. Love that. 
Obviously, this was a sad day for us United fans, for obvious reasons. Man, I think that the Champions League final would have been happening at this point. And uh, thankfully, I do remember at intermission checking the score. And it was actually still nil all up to that point. But then afterwards, you know, seeing that City had won it. But you know what? I was on such a high after this show. I was like, ah, look, it's a shame, but like, whatever. And I wasn't surprised anyway. But uh, yeah, just it's crazy to think those were the same day. So that would have been... Yeah, so this show is just over a month ago. I was trying to think of the exact day. I think it was the 10th of June. Obviously, this show got rescheduled as well. Um, I think it was supposed to be May originally. And then it got moved to June. But uh, I tell you what, good things come to those who wait. Oh, Jay, getting right up into my face. Oh, I tell you what. You know what? I probably should have given him his first warning there for a disqualification. A lot of harsher refs would have ended the match right there and then. But I'm a man of the people. I'm 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 a man for the fans, and I'm not gonna have a great match between two great athletes like this end in a disqualification. I'm sure Foxy would say the same. I'm sure Charles Robinson would have said the same. A lot of the greats, Mike Chioda, Earl Hebner, they all would have said the same too. But uh, I think that um, I think that some some more you know, some more sensitive refs would have uh, would have given a DQ there. But it's something I'm a. Uh, I think I think I'm yet to give a DQ yet in my refereeing tenure. I don't think I've actually ever had to disqualify anyone so far, and hopefully that will last because uh, you want to see matches have <coughs> excuse me a definitive finish, whether it's a pinfall, submission, that the rare time we ever see a KO in wrestling. When was the last time we saw a KO in wrestling? But they have happened. Oh look at this lovely standing moonsault there by Leighton Buzzard. Thought that was it, but you can see the adrenaline pumping. Leighton Buzzard. You know, they said about Randy Orton, if you built a wrestler from the ground up, it would be Randy Orton. I think Leighton Buzzard, in terms of modern wrestling, I think he, he can also, uh, he also gets that uh, moniker as well, for me at least. Very, very talented individual. Expecting nothing but big things from him. It's crazy, because like, Leighton Buzzard is actually, believe it or not, like, he probably doesn't look at when, when uh, you look at the two of us in the ring here. But me and Leighton are, I think, the same age. I'm pretty sure he's, like, 25, and I'm I'm 25 as well. Like, he looks... Like, I, I still look like a little boy. <laughs> I look like... I look like a, you know... I still look like, you know... I'm not going to say what I just said. Leighton looks like a grown-ass man. You know, he's a great physique. He's got lovely blonde flowing hair. Unbelievable athlete. And then you get me, you know... Not exactly tall... Not exactly in the best shape. Hurt myself moving a table. <laughs> in a ref shirt that's somehow too big for me. But my belly's still sticking out. Lovely super kick there. Leighton going up top here. Oh. Oh, look at that. And the thing about that crossbody is that roof is very, very close. So again, there's a very close... A very, a very small margin for error there. That's probably going to be the fucking sub... Title of this uh, episode: Margin, Margin for Error. What a match this is! Oh, in the Uranagi position, but Jay, excuse me, Danny. God, that's so hard to remember. Uh, big boot there, jumping pump kick. Very similar to another Irish wrestler, Sheamus. Oh, drops him on the knee. Looks to... Oh! Go for a huge brain buster. Is that it? No, it's not. Leighton finds enough to kick out. 
You can see the shock on my face. Oh, look at this. Jay, look, Jay put his hands on me again. Like, that should have been strike two right there. But you know what? I had to be lenient. I had to be lenient. In, in matches like this, as I say, you want a definitive winner. It's not surprising that emotions can take over these athletes. But, uh, God, I look so tired at that point. I really do. I'm pr Like, I am proud of my performance so far, like, watching this back. But, my God, my, my shoulder, my back were not doing me any favours here. My back at this point, actually... Or, sorry, my shoulder at this point wasn't actually overly bad my back at this point was was a a little bit on the sore side oh went for that 450 oh a big uranagi and it's still not it i cannot believe it at this point i don't think anyone can believe it at this point layton looks at me he can't believe it <laughs> oh this is insane this is in fucking sane Which is a bit of a pun there. Obviously, former Insane Championship Wrestling champion. Well, that was a very interesting time for me to hear the commentary for the first time in a while. You could use the word stalking to describe Denny Cross. Interesting. In a, in, in a ring sense, of course. Not in, not in real life. I'm sure Denny Cross is now a stalker. Stalking's wrong, people. But Oh, here we go. Could be going for a big back suplex here. Leighton with the reversal. Oh, Danny on the outside. Oh, another big kick. Knocks Leighton down. And here we go again. Danny looking to go for another high-risk maneuver. Oh, that's why they call it high-risk. That's why they call it high-risk. He can't go for the moon, or he can't connect to the moonsault, I should say. But Leighton can, and then some. One, two, three. There we go. Bob's your uncle, Mary's your auntie, and Leighton Buzzard is the winner of what is one of the most incredible matches I've ever been lucky enough to have been a part of. I mean, you'd look at the, looking at me there, you'd swear I just wrestled an incredible 15-minute match or 20-minute, whatever it was. <laughs> I look exhausted. <laughs> oh my god. Cardio is definitely something that's going to have to be worked on. So it is. Bedlam. Absolutely raving after that match. That must be so cool for Billy Bedlam though. You know, RCW at the end of the day, it's his baby. You know, it's his promotion. And uh, you know, book, getting to book incredible talent like Leighton and, and Danny, I'm sure, is, is, is great enough in itself. But then for them to put on a performance like that, I think just makes it so much more, like, just worth it. You know what I mean? Because wrestling, it's, it, you know, it can be a stressful thing to put together, lads, a wrestling show. Like, you know, I've seen it firsthand. Not experienced it firsthand in the sense that I've never done it. But I've seen a lot of what goes into it. And it's it's not easy, you know what I mean? It's really, really not easy. Here we go. Leighton Buzzard and Danny had an incredible match. Are we going to get the handshake? Oh. Well. What a way to ruin the mood after a great performance from both men. Listen, he may not have got the victory, Danny. But there was no shame in losing a match like that. But didn't want to pay respect at all to Leighton Buzzard. Which is a shame. But he doesn't seem deterred by it. The Scotsman. Well, I know he's born in England. But, you know, obviously trained in Scotland. And here he is now. Oh! Marion nearly having to turn back the clock there. Luke, whatever he's called. <laughs> We've all got multiple names in the RCW universe. 
Let's listen to what Leighton has to say. Yes, he has. Belongs in Irish wrestling is the understatement of the year. He is one of the best we have on the scene. No, they weren't. That's great to hear. Always a pleasure to officiate his matches. Well, I'm obviously not going to spoil who wins the main event, but I tell you what, like, I, like, listen, of the three people in the main event, either way it was going to be, or anyway, you know, whoever wins that, a match at Leighton Buzzard is always going to be amazing from any of those three guys, but um, I think with who ends up winning that match, just with the, you know, the, the style of wrestling they both, uh, they, they both have, we are in for an absolute banger whenever that may be, you know, and I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I'll get to be in there officiating it again. Listen, tomorrow's never a guarantee. So you always have to use words like that. Well, at least I do. Just the only way I can deal with it. Warm in the... Jesus Christ. Warm in the kinos. The kino is... Listen, it's, it, you know, it's a venue where everything is very... Everything's very close, you know? If that makes sense. Everything is very, very close. So it is definitely something that... uh. It's it's definitely a venue where you, where you feel it. I I think it's the Upton Park of wrestling venues. Here we go. Next match. I think it's the tag match. Memory serving me correctly. Yes, it is. Oh, here we go, Mister Charlie, the man who terrifies me every single time I see him. Oh God. Can see some, uh. Yeah, who was he gesturing to there? I don't know. I don't know why I'm talking like I don't know. I was literally there when this happened. But, anyways, Mr. Charlie. You know what? In fairness to Mr. Charlie, listen, the crowd, the crowd dig it. What's in the box is a phenomenon. You know, will we ever get the actual answer to that question? It's tough to know. But, uh, you know, part of me kind of wants to know. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The, uh, the annual. Hug, I say annual, as if we only do one show a year. But that hug that's always, you know, listen, I love hugs. I think hugs are a very nice thing. But Mr. Charlie's hugs have a bit of a, have a bit of a darkness about them. There's some sort of weird mystique behind them. Oh, here we go. You say in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? It's one of my favorite chants. I'm sorry, I have to. I may, I may not show it in the ring, but uh, it is one of my favorite chants. So we're getting very close to one of my uh, first naps of the night, shall we say. So this should be quite interesting to go back and watch. I haven't seen it yet until now. But what a man. No partner. No partner with him, apparently. But here we go. Sam the Sham. 
There he is, another young prospect coming out of Cork. The brass, but very talented, Sham. Some harsh words there from a member of the audience in the front row. See the IWE guys there. Shout out to those great people who cover this great scene. Sam, he obviously would have been on the first show I refereed as well. Another person who I've... Uh, yeah, listen, I love refereeing. Like, There's not a person on this card or on any card I've refereed that I haven't enjoyed officiating, but uh, Sam is definitely up there. You know, Obviously, there's, there's some that, you know, obviously can stand out a bit more just because I've refereed them more, you know. Or even people like Leighton, who I've only refereed, you know, twice, you know, th three times overall, but two different shows I've refereed is what I should be saying. You know, I, 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 love, uh, I love that as well, you know. But uh, Sam is someone who I've uh, I've always uh, had fun refereeing. Like, I don't know, like, th this show, like, you know, I think the fact that I'm watching it now and talking, like, talking as I'm watching it, it's kind of really just, you know, it's no secret that I, I walked away from refereeing a couple of years ago. And I don't regret it because I definitely got to go and do some, pursue some other cool things whilst I was away. And it kind of, you know, I was in a bit of a weird place at wrestling at that stage. And it, uh... You know, I think it reignited a bit of passion that I felt like I'd lost a little bit. So I don't regret it, but like, it's 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 stuff like this, you know, shows like this that kind of make me go, wow, like, I can't believe I nearly, can't believe I nearly walked away from this. Like, at the time, I thought permanently, you know, but I think, you know, people can say that. Like, in wrestling, do people ever really leave? It's like, not even like just if you're involved in the business, right? I think even if you're just a fan, if you've been a fan up to a certain point, I don't think wrestling ever truly leaves you. You know what I mean? Like, there's lots of things I used to watch when I was younger that, like, I have, like, zero memory of. Like, Power Rangers, I'll give as an example. Like, I used to love Power Rangers when I was, like, six. But, like, I don't really have a connection to Power Rangers now. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to watch that. But I don't have, like, a deep, meaningful connection with it. But I think with wrestling, if you've ever been a fan of it, and if you were a fan of it for a certain amount of time especially, then I think, you know, it kind of stays at you always. Even if you don't, like, continue to watch, like, modern stuff. Yeah, I think you can always go back and watch the the era that you were fond of, or that you're most fond of, and, and still love it as much as you did then, you know? I think wrestling is quite unique in that point. I don't think any other form of sport or entertainment has that. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Charlie tagging with the box, which was an interesting choice, to say the least. But, uh, you know, did it pay off? You'll have to wait and see. Don't want to spoil... Sometimes I forget when I'm doing this that uh, not everyone has seen the show. And, uh, yeah. You know, you know what I'd love? I know, and I know, like, we'd obviously need a bigger budget for it or whatever, but I'd like, if we could do an RCW show live, that would be insane. That would be absolutely insane if we were able to do an RCW show live. Oh, Mr. Charlie having to hold the box back. Well, that, it's times like this where I'm glad we don't know what's in the bloody box. Sometimes it's best not to know things. Uh-oh. Oh, Chris has it now. That mightn't be the best idea. <laughs> We'd all destroy a snack box. It's weird. I remember what I, I like to go for like late night walks around Klein sometimes. Uh, Klein's where I live. And there was a very eerily similar question mark on the floor, right? And before the question mark, it said box on a random street in Klein. And, you know, Mr. Charlie terrifies me anyway, but I was, uh, I slept at one eye open that night, and I was definitely looking over my shoulder a lot on the way back home. But, uh, 
The box has been destroyed, seemingly. Where's Mr. Charlie going? I'm reluctantly starting the count because part of me kind of wants Mr. Charlie to come back and see what he's actually up to. But then there's another part of me that wants to count quicker so we can just get this over with because I am terrified of... I am terrified of this man. But here... Oh, it's a bigger box! And it's a brown box! Well, you know what? I'm not sure. Like, in the RCW handbook of 2022, it does not mention anything about... A box being a tag team partner. Or, you know, at the very least, it doesn't say anything about replacing one box with another. But you know what? When you're as intimidating as Mr. Charlie is, it's probably in my best interest to just go with it. So, that's what I did. And the end result was uh, quite interesting. Well, hopefully that box isn't from Limerick then, Luke. I'm sorry, I apologise to anyone from Limerick. I love Limerick. I love Limerick. I've got a... A lot of close personal friends from there. And listen, who knows? Maybe I could referee in Limerick sometime soon. That would be pretty cool. And that's something that doesn't get lost to me either. How cool it is to have um, you know, a, a, a thriving promotion in Cork. And also another one in Limerick. That's really, really cool. And who knows? Maybe there could be a collab one day. As long as it's not a bloody invasion. Because how many of those have we seen over the years? Quite a few. Oh, Mr. Charlie's uh, test of strength there. Getting the better of Sam. Chris Conley deciding that uh, he don't want that smoke. Shout out to the Street Profits. Oh, a little nudgy. Well, if you can't grab the hair, you can't nudgy, so I had to step in there. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that knee. I saw that knee from Chris. Listen, my vision may not be the best, but uh, unlike Michael Bisping, I can see out of both eyes just barely. Shout out to Michael Bisping, host of my favorite podcast, the Believe You Me podcast. Again, I'm sure Michael Bisping listens to these episodes religiously. Oh, Sam. He's got Charlie in the corner. And there we see the tag. Chris Connolly. Oh, look at this. Look at this dastardly heel. Big elbow. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm helpless in these, these situations. Like, all I can do is count. And I don't, I don't want these matches to end in a disqualification, as I say. Yeah, they just mentioned the rugby back on there, Chris Connolly. He's used to... He's used to a bit of grappling. He's used to a bit of, uh... A bit of rough and tumble, shall we say. Oh, big boot there by Mr. Charlie, though. I'll tell you what, like, Charlie, you know, we, in, in MMA, they talk about, you know, reach... Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, in wrestling, we could start talking about that as well, especially when it comes to, like, someone as tall as Mr. Charlie. You know, he's got longer limbs. And, you know, when he's in that corner, that reach he gets when someone like Chris Connolly is running towards him, I think it really can come in to effect, you know? Like, we see some guys who just, like, you know, when they're in the corner and they want to throw up, you know, th throw up, uh, um, you know, or, you know, to, to stop someone from running towards them, they throw up the legs. They throw up both legs. Mr. Charlie only needs to lift up one. Like, that's a... Uh, that's a skill in itself. Big Simone drop there by honorary Oos, Chris Connolly. Imagine that, a Cork, uh, yeah, a Cork bloodline. Listen, in the future, you never know. We've already seen Chris show a bit of his viciousness so far in this show. Taking out Gallicini, seemingly very harshly. There might have been something going on in the background, who knows. 
But he definitely, uh, he definitely showed how ferocious he can be. Mr. Charlie and Sam, again, two men who are both on my uh, first ever, <coughs> excuse me, my first ever uh, show back in September of 2020. Looking forward to doing the watch along for that too. Oh, big kick there by Sam. Mr. Charlie definitely felt all of that. Charlie reaching for the box again. Well, this is definitely one of the more unique experiences I've had in a professional wrestling ring. But uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it. Part of me is watching this being like, man, the Kino. I really, I really hope we can come back here, you know. Obviously, you know, we know the management has changed and whatnot, but uh, hopefully maybe one of the new management can see something like this and see like how successful wrestling is and how popular it is and how much fun everyone has and, you know, if we can come back there. Now, listen, I, I, of course, I'm open to refereeing in other venues as well, but the Kino, I think, has really been the spiritual home of, of Cork Wrestling for as far back as uh, as anyone can remember. Obviously, CCW would have had shows here. Phoenix, obviously. Literally, the last Phoenix show was there. RCW have had all their shows there so far. Mr. Charlie again, trying to go for the box, but Chris Connolly stopping him from doing so. Oh, are we going to see it? Are they going to allow it to happen? Well, I don't, like, at this stage, like, you know, what am I going to do? Stop him from tagging in the bloody box? And look, the box just moved. <laughs> this was amazing. This this was so cool to be a part of. Look at this. Oh, it's J-Money! Can you believe it? It is J-Money. <laughs> oh, God, I love wrestling so much. I love professional wrestling so much. Look at this. Very, very... Slowly climbing the top rope, but still manages to take out both Sam and Chris. And here we go. We're getting close to a, a moment that, you know, gave me a, a little bit of a, a break during the night. Let's see it here. It's my first time actually seeing it since Chris has been taken out. Oh, and another double clothesline. One more. Let's see. Oh, here they go. Oh, but Chris runs right into Joseph Tarland. That was me. That was Joseph, at least, gone for the night. Oh, can you believe it? Well, let me tell you, my shoulder, I, like, my shoulder was pretty, like, that didn't look, like, listen, bump-wise, it was pretty tame. My shoulder did not take it well. Let me just say that. So this is my first time seeing any of this. Because I was down and out when all this happened. So I'm actually pretty excited. This is like the one part of the show I didn't really get to see. Sam and Chris both taking out Jay Money. Oh, that box took a bit of a beating. Oh, he's hulking up. Oh, double headbutt. Not a double head. This was just one headbutt. What am I about? The heads collide. <laughs> God. I mean, we, we often praise people for wrestling under a hood. But wrestling with a box on, now that's something that, you know, that, that's, that's, that's very unique. Oh, Sam has the chair. Oh, but it, Jay Money is unfazed. The box has given him some sort of supernatural powers. 
Superhuman powers, I should say. Oh, bit of a slap. But he's not facing anything. Boxing up, I've just heard the commentary team say. Oh, eat your heart out, Hogan. Well, is he going to be able to perform? The Hogan moveset whilst we're in a box. Irish whip. Oh, knife edge chop. Yes, that's what I'm calling them now. I don't care. Is he going to get the leg drop? Oh, deadly leg drop to Sam the Sham. But if only my positioning could have been better. I would not have been knocked out at this point. I would have gotten to have seen the immortal J-Money. Oh, and he rips the box off. Oh, my goodness me. But there we see Ireland's answer to Andre the Giant. Stalking J-Money. Oh. Oh! Deadly manoeuvre, but I'm not there to count the three. I'm not able to, to finish the match. And Chris has no one to blame but himself. He's the one who knocked me out. Blaming Billy Bedlam for some reason. Interesting. Oh. Well, that would have done me a bit of damage as well. I'm completely gone by this point. Oh, Bedlam. Billy Bedlam getting ready to throw some fists from the looks of it. Oh my goodness, first time I've seen this! Well, shit just got real, Billy Bedlam. Oh! Oh! Right hand to Sam! Right hand to Chris! Oh, it's a stunner! It's a stone cold stunner! In the Kino! Oh, is he gonna throw another one? No, oh, it's another stunner! <laughs> Can you believe this? All hell has broken loose. On Jay. With a huge box shot over the head. Maybe it's a good thing I didn't see that. Don't know if I could have allowed that to slide had I been conscious. Oh! On the box as well. Oh, is it going to be another leg drop? Is it? Oh, Ric Flair strut into a leg drop. I'm out. I'm completely out. Bedlam, he takes my role. But for the first time ever in an RCW ring, Joseph and Dylan, and or Dylan, I should say, did not get to count to three. But you know what? If it was going to be anyone else that wasn't Foxy, I'm glad it was Billy Bedlam. Oh, that's a great match. That was great. Nice moment for Bedlam as well. Getting to throw some hands in the ring. That's a pairing that just makes sense, really, doesn't it? Jay Money and uh, and Mr. Charlie. I'm still down and out. <laughs> well, Dylan, better get ready backstage because Joseph is completely out of it. And he doesn't look like he's going to recover anytime soon. I'm sure Dylan will have a few less falls to take, though. <sighs> said nobody ever oh look at this tightrope walking it, like it's stuff like this that just you know this is such wholesome stuff you know what I mean here we go Bedlam's music gets to play oh I'm starting to come back a little bit 
Well, look at that. That's always great to see. Like, obviously, Billy Bedlam, he's someone who uh, I owe an awful lot to. Like, without him, none of the stuff I've been able to do in the wrestling world would have been possible. He's always been someone who... Um, he's always been someone who's given me a boost of confidence when I didn't have it myself. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Jay Money helping me up there. God, I am I am out of it at this stage. This is all a bit of a, a blur for me. Marion Armstrong. Luke Barry, whatever you want to call it. Oh, God. God, I don't remember this at all. Charlie giving me a little bit of a hand backstage there. <laughs> there we go. We get to hear from Billy Bedlam. I, I didn't get to hear this, so let me listen to it. Intermission. Well, this is where uh, Dylan got ready and Joseph made his way to the CUH. Well, lads, the first part of this show, absolutely epic. Here we go. We don't get any intermission here. We go straight into the second part of the show, which is great. Oh, man, I can't wait to referee again. I just can't bloody wait. I'm getting goosebumps, man, watching this. I, 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 listen, I'm a very emotional person. Anyone who's known me long enough knows that uh, I, I, I tend to wear my heart in my sleeve. If you've listened to this podcast, you probably know that. I have literally done episodes calling out past work colleagues. If you know, you know. But, uh, oh, there's Dylan. Dylan, you can, you can tell when it's Joseph and you can tell when it's Dylan. Because Joseph's hair is a little bit, like, slanted to the right. Dylan's is a little bit slanted to the left. Reardon O'Connor using a Radiohead song that I believe was in FIFA 2005. He did give me a little bit of a heads up about it before the show. Let me just... Uh... I can't remember the name of this song. Because he told me like, oh, it's not a song that, uh, that a lot of Radiohead fans would know. Or sorry, people who aren't Radiohead fans would know. But I, I remember the song being in FIFA. Hang on, I have to check this. FIFA, football. Sorry, 2004, I should say. I think it was. FIFA football 2004 soundtrack. Let's have a look. We had... Uh, or was it 2005? Maybe... Oh, sorry, it was 05. Was it? I'm so confused. I am so... Confused. Because... Okay, let me. It'll, I'll find it later on. This is annoying, you know. No, it must have been two thousand and four. I need to get the name of the song though. Two thousand and four. We used to be friends. Uh, by who's that? By Courtney Taylor Taylor. Is this? No, oh, this is surely not right. This is surely not right. So we have always by. Oh, here we go. Always by Suburbia. Then we have oh, Burn Burn by a band from Wales that I don't really feel like mentioning. The Clones. Sorry, Crazy Boys by The Clones. Okay, Mix... Mix-O-Mat... Okay, well, however the fuck... Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was in FIFA 2004. The Radiohead song. I don't know how to... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyways, great song. I missed the whole entrance there because I was... Because I was trying to find a, uh, which FIFA game that was in. But yeah, I do remember being in... FIFA 2004 is like one of the first FIFAs I remember playing. Raven Creed. 
getting ready to make her entrance. One of the the cornerstones of Cork Wrestling. Someone who, uh, again, I know I keep referencing it, but was on the very first uh, show that I refereed. And she's been on a roll before and after then. Obviously, I remember getting to see Raven wrestle uh, the for the OTT Women's Championship in uh, Cork back in 2019 against um, you know, Lyra Valakiri, obviously now of uh, NXT fame. Obviously, we just saw her at the Three Arena in Dublin, which was absolutely crazy. Fair fucks to her. I love how you can see a car <laughs> behind the curtain there, pulling away. It's just things I love about indie wrestling, huh? Oh, excuse me. But here we go. Two of the best I've ever refereed getting to go one-on-one. Here we go. Sorry if I went quiet there for a second. I forgot I was recording there. Which is a great sign for a podcaster. Typical. So I stream over on YouTube and I always say, people only message me about like important things when I'm uh, recording. And that's what's just happened here. Here we go, Reardon. Getting on the nerves of the Cork... Excuse me, the Cork fans getting on the nerves of Reardon. Well, I suppose it's right both ways. They're getting on each other's nerves. Here we go, Raven... In her black and white gear. Has a word at me there about Connor's... Excuse me, Reardon's antics, I should say. But here we go. Two uh, young... Two young veterans, really, of, of Cork Wrestling, you know. I know that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but the two people who've been... In terms of Cork Wrestling, been around for a while. Hey! You leave... Yeah, you leave Manchester United out of this, Reardon. We all know. We all know. That Manchester is red. I could have disqualified him there and then for that. And I probably should have, looking back. But anyways, whatever. Here we go, slowly getting into the ring. I tell you what, this is... It's frustrating when you're in the ring. Right? When uh, someone keeps going in and out. But it's, it's, a, it's a smart strategy, I have to say. I have to say it is a very, very smart strategy. Raven... Getting a bit frustrated as well, though. And, I, you know, that's probably not the... Probably not the first person you want to frustrate in Rebel County Wrestling, let's be honest. Spending a bit of time... Spending a bit too much time, I should say, trash-talking here, Reardon O'Connor. And, you know, some people gave out to me about me slow-counting. What would you rather, guys? Would you rather me count quick and have these matches end? Or do you want me to give you a chance to see two of the best wrestlers on the island go at it? So, just think about that next time you're critiquing me, alright? I promise I'm not angry. I promise I don't take it to heart. <laughs> oh, but here we go. He's in. Oh, little cheap shot there. And he's gone again. He's gone again, Reardon. I think uh, Luke just referenced the Unlock Stock at 2 Minutes Apart show there. Uh, the first Phoenix wrestling show I ever refereed. Oh... Reardon O'Connor with a bit of a great, great ring psychology there. You know, he knew it was going to frustrate Reardon. No, he puts his hands on Dylan. Now, Joseph might leave you away with that a few times. I'm not sure about Dylan. Dylan might get a little bit uh, 
Oh, frustrated, what? What? A reversal that was by Raven. Yeah, I'm going to count that as a reversal. Oh, big knife edge chop. I'm going to have to Google that after the show. Is there a difference between a chop and a knife edge chop? I believe it was Ollie Davis from WrestleTalk who first pointed it out to me that, like, JR said that uh, would always call ch a chops a knife edge chop. Oh! Raven. Lighting up that chest of Erdin O'Connor. And this is where things... Uh, this is where things get a little bit extreme here in a moment. <laughs> oh, here we go. God, it's it's shots like that that really show you like how big the uh, the crowd can be. Oh, a fan, a random guy apparently. If you know, you know, attacking Reardon O'Connor. Oh, oh, lovely, lovely. It's drop kick, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's as Billy Butler was mentioning there. That is not some random guy. That is the. Legend himself, Rob King, a former Pedro as well as he was known, yes, former uh, Phoenix Wrestling alumni, who actually uh, assisted Reardon O'Connor to the ring on that show, on Lock, Stock and Two Meters Apart. But here's where things, yeah, do, like, up, uh, you know, get a bit upped, right? There's uh, Eddie Nero there, another former uh, Phoenix Wrestling, another Phoenix Wrestling alumni. Now, whilst you're watching this, I would like you to uh, keep something in mind, right? Okay, let me just, uh... Let me just commentate on this part first. Oh, big kick to the face of Reardon O'Connor, who is laying dormant there on top of the bar. Oh, another big one. Another big kick. But, uh, so, in a moment here, Raven's also going to jump on top of the bar. Spoilers, I know. But the first person who I bumped into after the show, right, is another former uh, trainee of Phoenix Wrestling, who may or may not have also been on the first show. Uh, who is no longer a part of uh, you know the wrestling scene in any way, shape, or form, apart from being a fan. And fans, listen, fans are just as big a part of the show as anyone else. But he told me at this very moment right now that you're seeing, at what, an hour and 20 minutes and 17 seconds into this, he told me I should have got up on top of the bar here as well. In what world was is that a good idea? Let me tell you, no world. Now, people can give out here about my lenient count, but again, I want there to be definitive winners of each match, right? So, just keep that in mind. But listen, it was the, potentially the last night in the Kino. Let's tear down the place. I remember CM Punk and Chris Hero had a match. I think it was IWA Mid-South, maybe, where uh, the venue was literally like being torn down after that. So they literally tore down the venue as they were having the final match there. And once the Kino is still very much going to be running... It's not going to be running under the same management. And, you know, things can change. So, may as well take down the place with us. Obviously, you know, just so... Again, to give a bit of background information, there are paramedic... Or there is a paramedic, I should say, at ringside. In case anything goes wrong. Thankfully, and touch wood, we never have to do this. I've never, never had to have uh, thrown up the X or got the, uh, the attention of the paramedic. And uh, long may that last... But um, it's good to know that's on hand whilst these uh, extreme moments are happening. Reardon, Raven poised here. She looks to get back to her bearings. 
Oh, nasty kick to the back of the head. Obviously, Reardon struggling with a bit of a knee problem as well coming into this match. Did have a bit of a ACL or MCL injury. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, regardless, it's still a nasty one to have. And uh, seems like he tweaked it there a little bit. So there's a few injuries here. You've got my back, my shoulder, because Joseph and Dylan apparently get the same injuries as well. We're actually conjoint twins. <laughs> but uh, Reardon obviously supporting that knee a little bit. Hopefully it won't cause him too much discomfort as time goes on, because uh, regardless of uh, his tomfoolery, he is a great performer and a great person to uh, officiate. But yeah, no, that that in all seriousness, so that is something that thankfully we haven't had to, I haven't had to do at all yet. I think to be fair, there's only one time ever we had to stop a match, and that was a training match back in the the old gym out in uh, Ballantemple back in 2020. I believe it was uh, Corey Jeffries and um, Thomas. Second name is escaping me now. But uh, he uh, did. But Thomas busted up his nose a little bit, and we did have to stop the match there. But thankfully, like that was, you know, it it didn't have any long term damage or anything. It was just uh, as a precaution. But thankfully, like that's been like the only time. And thankfully, like the one time I had to do it was just a precaution. Like there was no serious damage done. It looked a bit nastier than it was. But lo long may that last, because uh, you know it's 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 a risky business. You know what I mean? The wrestling, the wrestling world is uh, very risky. And I remember hearing. Uh, couple of people debate, like, what's more dangerous, pro wrestling or mixed martial arts. Like, it's a stupid argument anyway, because they're, they're both very dangerous physical, you know, forms of sport and entertainment. Like, I don't, like whether you want to count wrestling as a sport or not, I don't really give a shit. You know, I, you know, for, for me, wrestling is so much more unique than just normal sports, you know? As uh, both competitors down here. But, like, I mean, they're both very dangerous. Like, MMA, you're literally going into fight another human being, another very skilled human being in so many different disciplines of martial arts. And in pro wrestling, you are throwing yourself around a ring with a very hard surface. You're jumping off the top rope, outside dives, using foreign objects, as uh, as the commentators so often uh, coin. Like, there's so many things that can go wrong and unfortunately sometimes have gone wrong, you know? So, like, they're very dangerous. But, like, any type of combat, whether it's whether it's worked or, or whether it's a shoot, it has, it has so many risks, you know? And I can't... Uh, I, I can't, um, you know, speak on that enough as R Raven uh, put a bit of a kick to the knee there of Reardon O'Connor. You know, some people might call that a bit harsh, but listen, if if you know there's a vulnerable part of your opponent's body, you may as well target it. I think he's, he's getting to the stage where he's going to beg now, Reardon O'Connor. See the hard cam shot there. Oh. Crowber chanting, fuck him up, Raven, fuck him up. And she gives a deadlift suplex there. One, two, kick out. Definitely looking forward to, because, you know, like obviously I'm not going to give away the finish to this. You can keep watching. But uh, let's just say I don't think the uh, the Raven-Reardon feud is anywhere near being finished. I think there's still a long way to, uh, I think there's still a long way to go. Oh, lovely reversal into a pin. Kick out by Raven. Oh, super kick. Oh, sling blade. One, two. Kick out. Love that sequence, though. Just seamless. Absolutely seamless. 
But here we go. I don't know why I said here we go there. I'm not going to lie. I just... Uh, <laughs> I have a habit of saying random things and I don't know what to say. Anyways, whatever. God, these watch-alongs... These watch-alongs are literally me just... Oh, here we go. I'm not going to even finish that sentence. The ankle lock. A la Kurt Angle. Who I've met. There's literally a picture of me and Kurt Angle behind here. But imagine the pain he must be in. Because this obviously doesn't just affect the ankle. It affects the knee as well. Dylan asking Reardon if he wants to continue. And you think this is going to be it? Oh no! A big right hand. To Dylan. Oh and he tapped! He tapped! Well, listen. I can take responsibility for what happened with Gallicini earlier in the night. Against Anita Vaughan. I cannot take responsibility for that. I was viciously assaulted. By a trained combat athlete. Raven trying to get me to... Get my bearings back. Oh, code breaker. As you can see, I'm still selling. So it's still affecting me quite a bit. But a kick out there by Raven. I know I'm going in and out of kayfabe here. Listen, let me get lost in the moment a little bit. But I tell you what, the, 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 you know, to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. When you're trying to be in like the... When you're trying to be in the um, right position there, it can be so, so... Like, not frustrating, but, like, I f that's moments like that where I feel the pressure, where I know I have to be in a certain place at a certain time. And I'm, like, afraid of, like, even being in the slightly wrong position, you know? Because, you know, so much can go so wrong with just a little, uh, with just a little mismovement. Big clothesline from hell there, as Bedlam said, Ella JBL. Oh, another clothesline. I'm going to give a controversial opinion here, right? This is something for you to think about. JBL's clothesline from hell is way better. Fucking way better than Okada's Rainmaker. Yes, you heard me. Oh. Pedigree. Oh. Triple H would have been proud of that one. One, two, three. Oh, my God. There was a foot in the rope, but you know what? Reardon in fairness. You know what? He, he got the foot off the rope just in time. Great ring awareness there by Reardon O'Connor. What? What a match. What a match. What a, what a clever finish. You know what? You, you can judge the antics of Reardon O'Connor all you want, but the in-ring awareness there, like knowing where, knowing exactly what position he was in, that is uh, quite clever. He pushes Dylan Terrell, though. You know, Dylan, to be fair, his patience during uh, this show seemed to be... A bit better than other shows. I think he might have had a chat with Joseph beforehand. Joseph obviously being the more wise of the two. And especially, uh, definitely the more patient of the two as well. But I think I'm still a little bit groggy after that nasty right hand that I received from Reardon O'Connor. Oh. Let's hear what Reardon has to say. Dubious circumstances, to say the least. Grabs the microphone off of Luke. Bold move. I tell you what, the uh, Kino crowd not afraid to let their feelings known for who they like and who they detest. Reardon seemed to be taking it a bit personally, taking it out in the crowd. Now he's a great promo, though. In fairness to him, Reardon O'Connor, very, very good promo. 
Oh, strong words. You know, this is probably the bit where you should just leave, you know. Raven's not going to stay on for too long. As put into play here. Oh. Well, that's a mic check if I've ever seen one. That was a terrible pun. I was trying to come up with a clever pun on the spot and I couldn't think of anything. Reardon may have won the contest. But I tell you what, Raven won the war. And I think this is far, far from over. I'm shitting myself here as well, I'm not going to lie. Can't imagine what Reardon's uh, feeling. Uh-oh. Raven. Obviously one of the more popular stars in Rebel County Wrestling and in Irish Wrestling in general. God, Reardon. Eyes glazed over there. No, we have not. We have not seen the last of them. Well, that was just as intense as I remembered it being. I feel like that, uh, you know what, people can talk about my lenient counts or, you know, some of the things that I might have missed there in terms of, you know, foot being on the rope and, uh, you know, whatever else might have happened. But I think that uh, next time these two meet, I have a feeling that there may be a few less rules, shall we say. Which I think, you know what, would be would be a lot of fun. I don't think I've done many of those matches either. Any like no DQ or street fights or whatever the whatever you may call them. I think the most like gimmicky match I've ever done is you know for lack of a better term is probably the um, the gauntlet match on the last Phoenix show. That was that was a head wreck <laughs> to say the least. That was a bloody head wreck. But you know what, baptism by fire was the first kind of you know. Excuse me, Canon Phoenix show, for lack of a better term, that I'd been on in, you know, over a year. Or was it over? Actually, just under a year at that point. And uh, it was a baptism by fire, let's just say. Here's uh, Billy Bellum now back in the ring. Oh, one of the more popular times in the Kino. Dino in the Kino, another great friend of mine, Dino Power. What a man. Even I'm getting into the entrance music here. <laughs> there he goes, just oozes charisma, so he does, Dino. Look at that for a jacket as well. One of the most stylish man, uh, men in all of Cork wrestling. And Dino's one of these guys that like, I feel like he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to be over to get over. Sorry, doesn't need, the other way around, doesn't need to get over to be over, I should say. No, doesn't need to go over to get over. God, you know what I mean. He's just, uh, just a, just a really popular star. And, um, I think another guy that has, 
so many big things to come up for him. Um, it's always been a pleasure to to referee his matches, and uh, he's doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff now as well. Dino, you know, obviously, I won't go too much in detail. I'll leave him obviously talk about that when he wants to. But uh, he's definitely been a big help in the background for all things Rebel County Wrestling related, and uh, thankfully. You know, uh, it's, it's great, I should say, to have someone like him available. Look at that. Listen to that crowd reaction. That's always heartwarming to hear. Another guy who I've known pretty much since day dot. Or in and around the time where I started training, at least. Dino's in the kino. Oh, Robin Vampire. Say sorry, it's a habit. Anytime I hear like that Seven Nation Army style tune, Robin Van Persie will always be, always be the man who pops into my head first. Oh, it's getting serious now. The jacket's coming off. What a handsome guy, Dido. Just having, just man crushing over him here. So I am. Imagine how I feel when I'm in the ring with him. <laughs> oh, Dino. Well, Dino and the Kino. I tell you what, it's an open challenge, so. The audience members, you know, out of one of them felt lucky enough. Okay, I'm joking, obviously. Do not. Do not ever try and... As, as they say, don't try this at home. Even though technically it wouldn't be at home. It would be in the wrestling room. But do not do it if you're not trained. You know what I mean. I'm over-explaining this. You know, let's listen to Dino. I'm talking over him an awful lot. <clears throat> oh. Strong words. Oh. I love this. Down but never out, Dino. Let me tell you that much. Learns from every defeat. Makes him stronger. Every time. Everyone loves a good open challenge. I I, th I think especially in like the last since Cena's US title open challenge, everyone just loves an open challenge. Here we go. Oh ho ho! Let's welcome to Cork Wrestling the Sem. Look at this. Imagine going down Washington Street and seeing this. Imagine what you'd be thinking, especially if you're not a wrestling fan. <laughs> it was the first time I got to uh, interact with the Sem and it was an interesting experience let me tell you that much but uh, I tell you what though one of the uh, best minds I've met in wrestling so far just uh, the level of dedication to the character to you know how he carries himself like look at this video package here like just going around Cork City you know, which, like, Cork City can be... I love Cork. I'm, I'm obviously not from the city. I'm from East Cork. But, uh... Takes a lot of nerve to go around Cork. Like that. But here he is, making his RCW debut the same. And, uh... I doubt it'll be the last time we see him. Hopefully not, because it was, a, uh, It was an interesting experience, shall we say. I'll tell you what, that bar's getting a lot of attention tonight. What 
a phenomenon. <laughs> it is. I love characters like this, though. It really is. I think like, this is what separates wrestling from any other type of, you know, as I say, type uh, type of sport or uh, or type of entertainment. In like this, this is his first appearance. Excuse me, in RCW, and he's instantly over. Like that. That's a skill within itself. You know. <laughs> this was a very surreal moment. This was a very, very surreal moment. Are they going to hog it out? Are they going to take a page out of Team Hell Knows book? Dr. Shelby. Dr. Shelby would be very proud. Dino getting a big hug there. Manages to not get any of that paint on him as well, which is just goes to show how strong that paint is. He spared no penny for that, obviously. Well, we've had Watts in the box. Now it's time for Watts in the bag. Apologies if I did just steal a line from the commentator. <laughs> I say the commentator like I don't even know him. Of course, it was Billy Bedlam. But here we go. We're actually going to find out this time. And it was a boombox. Again, no expense spared here. Here we go. Oh, it's the song you would have heard at the start of this episode. Hooked on a feeling. It's a great song. I don't even think that they got to that part yet. I tell you what, the sound quality of that boombox is great. Absolutely blasting throughout the Kino. We've seen quite a lot of dancing tonight. And I tell you what. In Ireland, we obviously have... Dancing with the Stars. And potentially... A few of the RCW guys could end up on that show. Oh! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, I think the same... Might have just... Uh, changed the mood slightly here. Dino does not look uh, impressed with that. Was it an accident? Was it... Was it... Something on purpose portrayed as an accident. Well, Dino doesn't seem to care. He's ready to throw down. <laughs> this was incredible. This was incredible. Well, it's not often you hear people with a mixed or split reaction when Dino's in a match at the Kino, so that says a lot about the same. Oh! Look at the ring smarts there. Only knocks Dino over again. No, but I saw the same wrestler at OTT back in March. That was the first time I saw him wrestle. And uh, yeah, when I heard he was going to be a part of the show, I was very, very excited. Very, very excited because uh, he is definitely someone who, um, you know, the, the crowd have gotten behind an awful lot. And he's just, you know, just a unique character. You know what I mean? Like in wrestling, it's so hard to be, you know, unique. Like you, feel, you almost feel like every type of character, every type of... Uh, gimmick or you know whatever you want to call it has been done but the same as uh oh getting a member of the audience involved here oh another member here we go only at an rcw show will you ever get to experience fan interaction like this <laughs> it 
Oh, it's Bedlam. Bedlam's getting involved. You love to see it. It's times like this where it's hard to stay professional as a referee and not want to get involved. But no, that's great to see. But yeah, no, like you know, in wrestling, you feel like nearly everything's been done, and it's it's hard to not just come up with with a int- new and interesting character, but something that you know people can uh, get behind. Oh, Dino, he's got the boombox. Uh oh. No, he's not gonna do it. He's not gonna do it. Of course he wouldn't. He's Dino. Oh! But I tell you what, we can all get pushed beyond our limits, and I think that was a moment for Dino. The party ends. Oh, and the same now all of a sudden. Starting to get a bit serious. Oh, look at this. Deadlift suplex. Oh. What goes up must come down. Count of one. That's a rarity. Especially after a powerful move by Dino. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to um, you know, the set. Hopefully, you know, hopefully on the next RCW show, the same can come back. And uh, you know, I think the I think the obvious um, you know, next step would be to wrestle Mr. Charlie. You know, if I'm uh, uh, you know, maybe I'm trying to manifest it. Who knows? <laughs> but I think that would be you know, we've had what's in the box, what's in the bag. You know, I think that's the the logical next step. Which uh, hopefully that can happen. If not at the next show, hopefully at some stage uh, over the course of 2023. But I think like the the great thing about this show as well is I think it just left people wanting more. Every every match made you kind of go, I want I need to come back to the next show and see what happens with this person or that person, you know. And that and that's that's always a sign of a great wrestling show. You can give them enough that they enjoyed the night, but also leave enough that they want to come back to the next show and see like how these things are going to uh, play out. And thankfully, you know, from what I've from what I saw when I came back, you know, from um, the dressing room after the show, like a lot of the people who were there seem to be people who are, who've been at recent shows and obviously, you know, there seem to be more people as well that I hadn't seen before. So the people that are coming to these shows seem to, they seem to want to keep coming and uh, we seem to be bringing in new people all the time as well. You know, because you know a lot of people who like watch wrestling but maybe don't keep up with the, the you know, the local scene as much. And listen, you can't blame people for that as well at the same time. You know, like some of them just might not have... I mean, like, even when I was younger, like, I mean, the first exposure I had to Irish wrestling when I was younger would have been back in 2006 on TWC, the wrestling channel, on Sky. Uh, Irish whip wrestling, obviously, Seamus O'Shaughnessy and Drew Galloway were on it. Um, oh, the same. The Undertaker-style sit-up. He almost sensed that the bag had been completely thrown out of the ring. But the uh, yeah, that was the first interaction, the first exposure I had to Irish wrestling. I didn't really see much Irish wrestling again until maybe, God, 20, 2015 maybe, is when I started kind of taking a bit more notice of the Irish scene. So I missed, I missed, uh, you know, a good chunk, pretty much nine years. You know, so some people just m- might not even like the Irish scene now. I think is probably the most popular it's ever been in the last you know six seven years or whatever it might be. Especially obviously OTT is a big reason for that. And I think that, you know, things like Fight Factory and, and you know, Phoenix and RCW have all um, grown from that as well. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, so, so you know, a lot of people probably just aren't aware of the Irish scene and just need more exposure to it. Do you know? But uh, I, I can always say this, dude, the one thing I can always guarantee about going to, not just an RCW show, but pretty much any Irish wrestling show at this stage, 
is you're you're always in for a great night of entertainment and obviously a great night of wrestling. As I said, whether you're a whether you're a wrestling fan who you know watches pretty much everything, you watch it week to week and whatnot, or whether you're you know, a casual fan who tunes in every now and again, or whether you're someone who's just going out for you know someone who's just trying to go out and enjoy themselves, I think that you can always have a great time at an Irish wrestling show. Especially here where you can have a pint with it as well. If that, if that if that's what you like doing. But the same as after pulling out another uh another bag here. What's in this bag? It was a boombox in the first one. What in the name of Jesus Christ is gonna be in the next one? Oh Dino doesn't want to find out. Oh lovely Lariat. Raidmaker style. Oh Dino. Oh, not being tempted into taking out whatever was in the bag. Excuse me. Dino, Eddie Guerrero style there. Eddie Guerrero reminiscent, I should say. The way he was... Oh, stanced up there on the top rope, but he misses the frog splash. And let's see the same. Oh my God, it's a bloody pie. Oh my goodness! A pie right to the face. I've got a really funny story about this afterwards. So, <laughs> so when that happened, right? I saw the pie, and I'm thinking I'm about to be fucking covered here. And look, look like if you're watching this on YouTube right now, right? It's the same gets the three count. The mat is covered. The canvas is absolutely covered in cream. I didn't get a single dot of cream on me. I look out at ringside. Billy Bedlam is fucking covered from head to toe. I'm like, I was in the ring when this happened. And somehow I didn't get a single spot of it on me. Bedlam may as well have been rolling in it. Like, how that was possible, I don't know. But I tell you what, Dino, he got the full force of it. Well... Great to see this sportsmanship afterwards. And I would just like to clarify something as well. You know, people said that was a foreign object and it should have been a disqualification. I will have you know that that object was made right here in Ireland. Therefore not illegal, therefore not a disqualification. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. And they're going to hug it out again. Sam offers the hand. Dino... Very respectful wrestler. Ah, oh, never mind the handshake. It's a big hug. Somehow I'm still not even slightly covered in that cream pie. But yeah, the same. Great to have him in a Rebel County wrestling ring. And uh, hopefully not for the last time either. Because it was a pleasure. Great guy to have in the locker room as well. As I said, just a very, just very unique the way he kind of uh, approaches you know, his character and his kind of pre-match routine and all that great stuff it was pretty cool to, to witness that and uh, goes into a great level of detail shall we say for how he likes to do things as we see uh, Marion Armstrong trying to get a word with Dino which uh, I'm not sure not sure if ah uh... <laughs> oh, Bedlam was so pissed <laughs> listen the canvases are not going to stay that clean for that long so we may as well just get we may as well just damage it straight away but no, not damage, but you know what I mean. But uh, 
Yeah, this would have been tough. The last Dino in the Kino Challenge for now, at least. Well, short and sweet and to the point. What is next for Dino? Sad moment. Sad moment there. Got it after his loss, but no, no, seriously, still great, great performance again by D Dean. Dino again, just a very uh, charismatic guy, very fun guy to wrestle. One of my best friends in the business as well. He's uh, definitely been a big help for me uh, throughout my time in both Phoenix Wrestling and Rebel County Wrestling. As we see the ring getting a bit of a clean there. And here we go. It's time for the main event. Now this is going to be... This is going to be interesting. Well. Bedlam getting in the ring to... Oh, look at that. You can see the... He is covered in cream pie. Like, I mean, literally, head to toe. Somehow, somehow I did not get even slightly covered in it at all. Work that one out. <laughs> he was pissed as well. <laughs> he was legitimately pissed. <laughs> well, here we go. The first ever Rebel County Wrestling Championship match. This was an exciting time. This was uh, this was this was really cool to be a part of. Never actually got to referee a match for the Phoenix Wrestling title. I did. I got to the tag team titles, um, but never the uh, never the uh, the Phoenix Wrestling heavyweight title. So this was really cool, getting to do the the not not just an RCW title match, but the first RCW title match. And obviously, I got to do the ICW title before that, which is really cool. But here we go, the MVP of Irish wrestling, LJ Cleary, first one to make his way to the ring. It is a beautiful life for someone as talented as LJ Cleary. Will it be a beautiful night here at Hooked on a Feeling? Can he take home the RCW title? A man who may not be from Cork, but has definitely made a huge mark in the Cork scene. And is uh, just a, a star. I was going to say a star in the making. He already is a star, really. But that star is going to keep on rising. And, uh, yeah, no, definitely, listen... I've spoke about my favorite people to referee. I've spoke about, you know, some of the best people that that um, to get in there and officiate. But I think LJ, he has to, for me, he's definitely the best. And that's not a slight on anyone else. That's a credit to how good LJ Cleary is as a performer. He is, uh, he is ridiculously good, to uh, to put it mildly. And uh, yeah, it, it is a, it's a play. Like I mean, there's things here that like people probably won't notice and may maybe I will peel back the curtain maybe a small bit here uh, during the match but he is like I think LJ again like uh, Leighton Buzzard is around my age in fact I think I'm actually a little bit older than LJ Cleary I think I might be a few months older than him but he is someone who uh, like the knowledge he has about how to you know plan a match how to like the psychology you know, everyone knows how ridiculously gifted he is like as an in-ring performer but there's so many like little nuances that people don't notice I, th I think I heard Karrion Cross talking about AJ Styles recently kind of in the same light and I think LJ you know I'm not just saying this because LJ and AJ but LJ 
for me is kind of similar in that regard. Like he's almost the AJ Styles of our scene. You know what I mean? There's just these little nuances that maybe some people don't notice that uh, I definitely notice as a referee. With you know something like just even when it comes to just positioning, telling me where I need to be at what time if something's about to happen. Like there's so many little things that people don't see that just I think separates him from a lot of other people. Um, and like of course, like I mean, listen, obviously. His partner, Lyra Velikiri, she just got to perform at the Three Arena at a house show a couple of weeks ago. The first house show I got to bring my siblings to. Uh, and I have no doubt LJ Cleary, in the not-too-distant future, I'm sure he'll be doing very, very similar things. I think it's only a matter of time. But here we go. One of the longest-serving members of the Irish wrestling scene, the Cork wrestling scene as well, Butch Armstrong. What a big moment this is for him. Obviously... So many great moments as a tag team wrestler, but you know his his single stuff lately has been on another level. Another guy who's been uh, not only just such a great person to referee, but has offered me a lot of advice. Obviously, he's refereed matches as well before, and uh, you know, same as Dino. But uh, Butch is definitely someone who has been a great help for me, and has always made sure that uh, every time we end a show, he always tells me something that I take into the next show that helps so much. You know what I mean? And he's just—it's not just the advice he gives; it's just the way he gives it. You know, he's such a He's, he's a great guy anyway, but he just wants what's best for everybody. You know, whether you're a wrestler, a referee, commentator, like whatever it might be. Like he will always tell you how you can be better, but he'll always do it in a way that bigs you up. And he's always been someone to be very, uh, uh, you know, he's always, you know, been very um, praising of me after shows. And that's what I love. He always, he always tells me if I've done a good job and then, then tells me, here's something to work on. And I go and work on that and I just feel like I come into the next show then with something, something I know I need to improve. It's just, you know, I hope I'm giving a job. Listen, I've been recording for, you know, two hours and five minutes now. So, you know, give me a break. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know what I mean? It's just, um, it, it's just, it's it's great to be able to, to have that, you know, from someone who's not just such a great wrestler, but who has been in my position of refereeing shows as well and knows what he's talking about. But this was a man who I was, this was really interesting. Charlie Sterling. A man who I had not met before uh, this night. Someone who I was, of course, very aware of. Obviously one of the top guys on the uh, UK scene. Um, he, again, is just like some of the... like just Again, some of the little nuances. Like, there is a moment in this match I can't really talk about too much until it happens. Because I don't think I'll be able to put into perspective like how cool it was until it happened. And how, how proud I was of myself for actually being able to fucking do it on the fly. But um, he is someone who, like, it just, again, it's just so great. Like, there's so many talented people in the Irish wrestling scene and people who travel over from England or whatever, but it's these little nuances that, uh, oh, it's getting a bit physical here. We'll be trying to get in between them. Yeah, definitely I'm going to have my hands tied in it, Luke. You can say that again, even though that was Dylan Tarl. You should know that. The differences are very clear. But no, Charlie Sterling, another guy who just... Um, you know, people who are able to, like, in the heat of the moment... not Sorry, not in the heat of the moment, but in the in the midst of the performance are still able to, like, give you little pointers and stuff. Like, that's a skill in itself. Like, there's so many great, talented people. But, you know, people who have been in the business long enough and have had so many matches that they're able to, uh, you know, give you the... Uh, they're able to, you know, t- give you advice whilst in the ring. And, like, nobody notices it. That's such an incredible skill to have. But here we go. We're about to get the unveiling of the RCW Championship. What a beautiful design. What a beautiful design that is. 
that was such a cool moment. It's always a great moment getting to carry, or getting to hold up a championship belt. The ICW title, it was amazing to do it. The Phoenix tag titles was pretty cool. Obviously here in the the RCW belt, Charlie Sterling taking the bloody belt off me there. Like, what am I supposed to do there? Let's just say Charlie Sterling was not a, a favourite of the Irish crowd, at least. Uh, look, 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 look at this! Be professional, lads! Be professional, I'm trying to show off the new title here. <laughs> Billy Bedlam was a great help there. <laughs> There we go, time for this main event. I'm holding up the belt again. Oh, there's a tough spot, the great country of England. That's going to piss off a few Republicans in the crowd. More than a few. <laughs> Listen, as someone with British heritage myself, I can't really say much. Very proud Irishman, but I do have, uh, I do have roots within Britain as well. But like, just when you look at him, uh, when you look at MVP, apparently, when you look at Montel Vontaine's Porter, when you look at LJ Cleary, like obviously they call him the MVP of Irish wrestling for a reason. Like everything about him just screams superstar. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know, like he'll he'll like he'll be in WWE one day. Like I listen, I'm gonna touch wood because I don't ever want to jinx it. But he he is just naturally naturally gifted at this. But like obviously has that has the passion for it as well. He. he he has he has everything you need in order to succeed in wrestling. He just does, and with some people like you know, some people can train their whole lives and not have what he has. And he you know how long has LJ been training now? I think he said like since twenty twelve maybe. So how old was I in twenty twelve? I was fourteen. So he's around the same age. So he's been training from such a young age. But uh, you know, like I don't think you can teach what he has. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am, but I just think some people just, some people just have that natural talent and ability, and uh, the wrestling, the psychology. People say like the psychology is such a big part of of wrestling, and he just has it. You know. Anyways, here we go. Asking if everyone's ready. The bell rings, and here we go. Main event time. So how long is left on the show? Around so about half an hour left. On this, uh, on this show. Yeah, what a time to make a RCW debut in the main event for the first ever RCW title. Butch and LJ making their feelings very clear on Charlie Sterling here. But this can only carry on for so long. It's a triple threat match. Every man for himself. The teamwork can't last forever. As you can see here. Oh. Starting to turn on each other a bit now. Oh. Nice right hand from Butch. Exchanging blows here. Look at that. Look at how seamless that looked. Oh, Charlie Sterling knocked through the middle rope. See, there's such a small gap there between the front row and the apron. Like, it's uh, it's not uh, 
You don't have a lot of space to kind of fall there, you know. Oh, it's, he's just so slick. Like, like that is ridiculous. Like, you know, again, it's not a knock on anyone else, as, as I keep saying. But LJ Clear, he's just so, so incredibly talented. Like, it is like, you know, obviously watching it now, you know, on demand. Uh, you know, I'm obviously still impressed with it, but it's just nothing like seeing it up close. Like, you know, I, I have the closest view in the house, really, apart from, you know, the actual wrestlers in the ring. Like, if, you know, in terms of, you know, away from the actual in-ring wrestling, I have the closest view, that, uh, you know, more than any, uh, over anyone else. And it just never, never ceases to amaze me how amazing LJ Cleary is. But, like, I can say that for, I mean, like, man, like, uh, Doris, like, when he was there, like, th- there was another guy who I thought that about, you know, Leighton Buzzard as well. Like, that's why, you know... I'll talk about it a bit more, I suppose, at the end of the match. But, you know, let me just say, Leighton and LJ, that's a match that, uh, you know, if, if that ever does happen, and hopefully it does happen in Rebel County Wrestling, I just think that could be, like, you know, people talk about match the year contenders and, and whatnot. Like, that that would be... that That's... That has instant classic written all over it, you know? That has instant classic wrote all over it. Charlie Sterling... We got Butch in the corner here, raking the eyes. Now, this is no DQ, right? But I, I gotta step in here, you know? It's a championship match. We want things done the proper way. Whips LJ into the corner. Nasty as well. And because the independent rings are smaller, like, you know, I think that that, that impact, just you just feel it a lot more. Fighting by the bar again. God, that bar may as well have been another ring. The amount of action that uh, happened over there during the night. I made that sound really wrong. Oh, what a body slam. Onto the outside. Butch now. Going after Charlie Sterling. I would I would be very quick to move there if Charlie Sterling asked me to move. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's mad, like, there's so much I forgot about. I was literally riffing this match. And there's some certain spots that you just forget about. Yeah, the pressure comes off me a little bit for these matches. Triple threats, no DQs, no countouts. Has to be, has to be a winner, pinfall or submission. And uh, I think these are the matches where and I, I don't want to say you can switch off a bit. You like, you definitely never switch off, but you definitely have. A, you can kind of enjoy it a bit more because you know that you know you, you don't have to. You don't really have to step in as much. And. Uh, it's almost like having like a f- virtual experience, a VR experience as a <laughs> as a fan, just being in the ring, seeing them go at it. We're looking for a superplex here. LJ intervenes. Oh, is he going to do the unthinkable? Oh, doesn't get him in the end for the power slam. Oh, but a nice clothesline there from the second rope. Charlie Sterling knocked out of it. Butch, one, two. There we go again. One. I think that was a one count. The amount of pins here. Look at this. One, two. I do remember this part. One, two. One, two. The pace was just incredible here. One, two. 
That was like seven pins in the space of like 25 seconds. <laughs> Oh, rake of the eyes. Another rake of the eyes. Again, I can do sweet fuck all about it. No rules in a triple threat match. Pinfall and submission, that's the only way it can end. Backbreaker there to Butch. Easy great heel though, Charlie Sterling. And it's, it's cool because, you know, it's obviously his first... RCW show far from his first far from his first match obviously but you know what I mean it's like you know uh, the crowd instantly just detested him but in a, in a good type way like in a good heel heat type of way you know what I mean not impressed at my counting there though he wouldn't be impressed he wouldn't be impressed at me much in this match <laughs> keep watching or you'll understand that reference Butch throwing some right hands there There was definitely a different type of atmosphere for this match as well. Like the crowd were genuinely like I think intrigued to see who was who was gonna win. Because like all three had a plausible, you know, case for it. Like LJ obviously you're being the MVP of Irish wrestling. Like that's more than just a nickname. Butch because you know he's been one of the the biggest workhorses of monster wrestling and just Irish wrestling in general for such a long time. And it was you know could be a huge crowning moment for him. And Charlie Sterling like you know he's he's the you know we see some shock results in wrestling, you know what I mean? Like that time Samoa Joe beat Finn Balor on an NXT house show to win the title. Like it's not the most unplausible of things. So I think all three had a genuine case of, uh, you know, winning the belt. You know? But I think, uh, very clear to see the crowd were, uh, would have been happy as long as it wasn't Charlie Sterling. As long as it wasn't the Englishman, the nasty, dirty Englishman coming away with the first ever Rebel County Wrestling Championship win, I think uh, I think people would have gone home happy. But look at this huge superplex! The ring definitely shifted a little bit after that happened. One, two, oh, LJ there just in time, just in the nick of time. Well, I think as they say sometimes you have to reinforce the ring. I think that this is one of those cases where maybe you could have said that. A lot of uh, pins being interrupted here. You can see the uh, the desperation behind every single one of these athletes. I'm trying to sound like a commentator. There's no point. <laughs> I would love to commentate a show at some stage, though. I, I think, you know, I, I always, like, when I was growing up, like, I always, like, you know, obviously wanted to be involved in wrestling. I don't think I ever would have expected to be a referee. But, um... I definitely wanted to be... Oh, another rake of the eyes there. God. Well, we had a one-eyed mixed martial artist. Oh, here we go. Look at this. Charlie Sterling. Oh, I reversed the Irish whip right into a big boot. Now, here's the thing, right? He, that was on the fly. That was not planned. At least in my mind, it wasn't. So, Charlie literally grabs me, puts me in the corner, and as he me, just says, reverse it. And somehow... I managed to do it. <laughs> but like, literally like, the fanboy, the mark inside me, the mark inside of me was just like, I just got to do a wrestling move in a wrestling match, in the main event of a title match nonetheless. <laughs> Genuinely one of the coolest moments I've had 
in a wrestling ring so far. <laughs> oh my god. Wouldn't be the last time that you'd see me get involved in a couple of moves in this match, let me tell you that much. This is awesome chant here. You love to hear that. You know, I think there was a bit of criticism about those chants over the years that maybe people do them too, you know, a bit too much. But I tell you what, in Rebel County Wrestling, people will only do that if they mean it. You know, you know they they uh they know a great match when they see one, and this was certainly one that uh this is certainly one that they would have been very impressed with. But yeah, like at this point, like you can see me over there in the corner. I'm just, and part of me is just like, I can't believe I just got to do that. And I'm also like in my head afterwards, I'm thinking, I really hope that looked good on camera. And I think it did, you know what I mean? I think for me, who I have not trained in a wrestling ring in fucking, God, nearly three years now. You know, obviously I've refed a lot in that time, but I haven't actually physically trained in a ring for a while. And uh, first time I did an Irish whip in a long time as well. So I was quite happy with how that looked. I don't think Joseph could have done that with his blown out shoulder. Oh, look at that. What a DDT. Oh. Knee to the back of the head. Could that be it? Two count. Now, that right there, where you see me throw up the two, peel back the curtain a bit again, I felt my shoulder pop a little bit there. And uh, the adrenaline... Did manage to get me through. Like the adrenaline I felt at this stage. Especially after throwing that Irish whip. Was like. Oh my god. It was on another level. It was like the biggest rush of adrenaline. I think I'd ever felt in the ring. Like I couldn't believe it. And. Uh, but that was the first moment. I really felt like. Oh shit. Like my shoulder. Like it was already sore. But that was one of the first points. Where I was like. I actually felt a bit fucking. Ugh. I don't know. I felt a bit loose or something afterwards. Um, even during this point. It felt a bit loose. But the, as I say. The, the rush of adrenaline I had. Was just getting me through everything at this point. Oh. Butch kicks LJ. Right into the. Arms of Charlie Sterling. But a reversal again. Yeah man I have to commentate one day. <laughs> May not see it now. But I promise you. I, I would do a great job commentating. Watch this pace with that. Oh. Oh what a. Like that. Now that was a JBL-esque clothesline from hell. Okada, eat your heart up. That's like this. I'm not shitting on Okada. Listen, I love Okada, but I just think, I just think the Rainmaker, it's not as good a move as people think it is. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Here we go. Charlie, the wrist tape comes off. I think shit's about to get real here. <laughs> Flipping off the crowd, teases, pulling down the straps. Kurt Angle and Undertaker esque. But opted not to do it. Oh. This is the clothesline. Go into the corner. Oh, rolls him up. Kick out at one. Oh, crossbody. Charlie Sterling catches him. Oh, look at that. Reverse runner. LJ Cleary moving me, my, moving, can't speak, moving my fat ass out of the way. Oh, looking for the destroyer. But he catches him. Rolls him up though. Throws him over. Butch. 
Oh, jumps over. Back body drop. Another roll up here. Two count. Oh! Good drop kick there. Springboard drop kick. LJ focuses attention now on Butch. Oh, body slam. <laughs> the timing to be able to pull that off. That's insane. Springboard moonsault off the middle rope. Butch favoring the knee there. Me thinking I might have to call the paramedics in for the first time. Thankfully I didn't. <laughs> and God, yeah, I really hope I never have to do that. But a very physical match here. And like, again, like triple threat matches. Like triple, triple threat matches even. Like the pace is obviously different to like your standard one-on-one -on -one match or even a tag match. Like any multi-man match or multi-person match. It's always a, a tough one to to keep up like as a referee. Like that the pace is obviously, you know, it's, it's a lot more flowing. You know, it's a lot more happening, I think, than in, in your standard matches. But uh, I think they're just so much fun as well. It is a moment, again, as I say, where you can just, I think you can... Uh, like, you know, because you're not having to get involved as much as a ref. You're really just there to count the pin. Or, you know, to be there if they need you to be at a, at a specific spot. But uh, let's just say all four of us were really feeling it at the end of this match. But no place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be on a Saturday night than in the Kino refereeing some just world-class pro wrestling. Let me tell you that much. And this match was definitely a, a, a match that really put that into perspective. A big super kick by Charlie Sterling. LJ going for the super kick as well. Charlie throws him over the top rope though. Oh, but he connects again to Butch. Oh, no. Jumps to the outside and a pile driver. Oh, cutter. Very similar to DDP. And a bit of a... That was a bit of a false finish there, wasn't it? The heart of Butch. Keeping him in this match. As I struggle to get my shirt tucked in. <laughs> that shirt that's about a size too big. But fuck it. That's neither here nor there. Hopefully the next show we can uh, break out a new attire. Oh. Charlie Sterling. Getting a bit frustrated. The crowd. Showing their displeasure. At the thought of an Englishman winning. A Cork Wrestling Championship. Yeah, I think the pain in my shoulder was starting to become a bit more present here. <laughs> I can kind of tell by the look on my face that, like, yeah, I'm I'm in pain. <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain at this point. I'll tell you what, I was in dire need of a haircut as well. I was in dire, dire need of a haircut at this point. Oh, lovely chop there by Butch. Uppercuts and chops. Sounds like the name of a wrestling podcast. Probably is. <laughs> oh. Misses the Insiguri. Oh, deadlift German suplex. Charlie Sterling's not exactly a small man, so that would have taken a lot of strength from Butch, who, of course, is a, a PT as well. LJ getting back involved now though. 
But, oh, lovely. Side slam there. I don't even know, that wasn't even a side slam. I don't even know what the name of that move is. I promise you I'm a wrestling fan. <laughs> but there are so many moves, I'm like, I don't even know what that move is called. <laughs> oh, well, I know what that is. That was a big spine on the Pine Spine Buster right on the RCW title. One, two, and Anita Vaughn. What is she doing? What is she doing? Butch Armstrong moments away from becoming the first RCW champion. But Anita Vaughn costing him the biggest win of his career so far. But LJ Cleary, right? Again, peeling back the curtain. He was instructing me where to be at that time. And I'm telling you now, nobody noticed it. I only noticed it because I remember it. But if that's the level of like, of knowledge he has. Like he, he knows exactly when things are coming up. He told me like exactly where I needed to be. Because I tell you what, if he hadn't told me, I don't know if I would have, uh, I don't know if I would have remembered. So that was uh, obviously something that was quite cool but here we go we're getting to a, a very interesting point in the match here oh Charlie he's grabbing me in here oh what's gonna happen oh LJ manages to stop himself from knocking me out yet again even though that was Joseph the first time but whatever looking for that Boston Crab Oh, Charlie Sterling, and it gets with the super kick, but misses. But LJ Cleary knocks Dylan Turn out with the super kick. And thankfully, that looked as good on camera as I thought it looked at the time. And let me tell you, lads, that bump fucking sucked because my back was gone. But again, it's just adrenaline getting me through at this point. And at the time, it actually, you know what, it felt okay. It was only afterwards, like, damn, my lower back is fucking. Oh, take a knock. Look at that for a fucking destroyer. The Leinster Destroyer. <laughs> but I'm not there to count yet again. And I get to miss another fucking cool move because I got knocked out. Oh. What a time. What a time to have to eat that super kick. <laughs> God, I may as well have wrestled a fucking full match this night. The amount of fucking bumps I took. <laughs> I become a lot more aware of what the crowd are saying than what I'm knocked out, you know what I mean? I suppose because it's all I could bloody hear. LJ trying to... Bring me back to life. Call me Evanescence. He's trying to bring me back to life. I'm doing my best, but I'm struggling. Oh, and a low blow! A huge low blow. Well, I tell you what, it wouldn't. it's no DQ anyway, but you know what? I think as a referee, you have to stand in at those points. So I think Charlie Sterling knew what he was doing. <laughs> I love kayfabe explaining everything. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a nasty pile driver. Oh, I thought that woke me up. Oh, you can see my backside there. <laughs> oh, is this going to be a thaw? One. Two. Three. No, LJ Cleary kicks out. A great false finish. <laughs> oh my god. This was such a cool point. <laughs> There's so many of these small moments you just forget about. Because like in the moment you're just like so focused on what's happening. It's only now when you go back and go and watch it back. You actually go, oh yeah, fuck, I forgot about that. There is another point here that I do forget about, or that I do remember, I should say, and a blood. Oh god, it's probably the thing I've been dreading watching the most. You'll see it here in a bit. Picks up the belt here. 
Charlie Starling. Oh. LJ grabs it off. Oh, super kick again. You can see me trying to make it back to my feet, but it's just not happening. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, wait. No, maybe it's after this. I think it's actually, yeah, it's after this, I'm sure. God. Is he going to knock him up with the belt? Oh. One. Two. Oh, and he kicks out. Oh, hits him with the belt. Yet again. One. Two. Ah! Oh! <laughs> I, I think we reeled the crowd in on that one. I really think, I say we, I think they did. The, the count was a little bit faster than the previous one. I, oh god, I hate this part so much. I hate this part so much. Uh, Charlie made me feel so much better after the show. Oh, I'm watching this behind my hands. So I have to tie the belt here for him. For him. I'm still selling. The belt would not fucking tie. It just would not fucking clip on. I was getting so fucking frustrated. Now, Charlie made me feel so much better afterwards because he said that, oh no, the longer the better... But for the longest fucking time, it just, the, it took an eternity to get the bloody, I remember, I even whispered to him, I was like, it just won't fucking go on. <laughs> it was just, it just was not happening. And I was starting, I'm freaking out at this point, because I'm like, it, like, this might ruin the whole fucking spot. Thankfully, it, it went down in the end. But I think it made sense. Like I was selling, I was selling the super kick. I was selling the, uh, the few falls I'd taken. I don't think I tied the belt as well as I probably could have. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he took a bit of a fall there. Oh! The knees come up. Oh, it's another destroyer! One, two, three. So, I ring the bell there. I really go for it. And that is where I ended up blowing out my shoulder completely. <laughs> or at least, that's at least where I think it happened, because, uh... That was, yeah, I remember afterwards kind of like when the adrenaline started wearing off and stuff, I was like, okay, my shoulder's starting to feel a bit, uh, it's starting to feel a bit sore now. And, uh, here I'm not, just not really sure what to do. And I <laughs> just shake his hand, LJ Cleary, raise the arm. Yeah, I can see, yeah, even the way I like lifted my shoulder there, I can tell I'm in a bit of, bit of discomfort, but listen, whatever. If I, if it was going to happen at any time, it was going to happen there, typically. But still, I wouldn't change that moment for anything. What a great moment to have been a part of. LJ Cleary winning the first ever RCW Championship Heavyweight title match and subsequently becoming the first RCW Heavyweight Champion. Don't think really there was a more suitable man to do it. I know I said earlier that like all three had a great, had an equal chance of winning. I, st- I stand by that, but I think LJ winning it is the, uh, was the right decision. I think that... Um, yeah, like no no bigger star I think in in our uh, universe that he, that he could have that we could have put the belt on, and uh, I look forward to officiating even more matches, even more matches uh, as time goes on. Yeah, this is a pretty emotional moment I think. Crowd showing their appreciation. I get to raise his hand, my good shoulder, Billy Bedlam, Dana White style, wrapping the belt around. The champion's waist. 
the sweat absolutely out through me as if I've just ref- uh, wrestled a triple threat match. But what a beautiful moment this was. Beautiful life, beautiful moment, beautiful show, beautiful match. Beautiful fucking everything. It's funny because like, I remember back in 2015 being at a CCW show in Middleton and both LJ Cleary and uh, Lyra Valakiri were both on that show and you know to see you know Lyra be on um, you know a, a WWE house show at the Three Arena you know to see that in person was really cool and then to see LJ not just see LJ win the first ever RCW title but to actually referee the match and count the three to, you know for him to do that was a great moment let's listen to what he says Love those MVP chants. <laughs> there was a time where he was uh, not loved by the Cork and RCW fans. Of course, it's the same building. He wrestled Scott. A lot of history in this building for LJ Cleary. He wrestled Scotty Tuhati in this very building. It was really cool to watch that. Well, I think he's very much on his way to becoming the very best Irish wrestler of all time. I think that's just the way it's going. And that's a huge bar. Finn Balor, Sheamus, Becky Lynch. You know, the, the list goes on and on. But LJ Cleary, I think he could very well be the next man to uh, hold that distinction and honour of being the most, not just the most respected wrestler in Irish wrestling, but the yeah the best he's just the best and you know what lads that's where I'm going to leave this watch along you get a beautiful moment here at the end normally I'd include a classic wrestling promo at the end of this but I think that uh, I think the next bit bit of uh, you know interaction you see here or the next you know scene you see here speaks for itself all the wrestlers come into the ring we sing a bit of Tenacious D might throw a little Tenacious D song at the end of this as well but thank you all so much for Tuning in here, Butch Armstrong coming back in, of course, to uh, pay his respects to LJ Cleary. I, of course, exit the ring. I'll leave you watch this moment itself. I think that uh, this deserves all the, the love and attention it can get. But thank you all so much for tuning in to this watch long. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, apologies to Fionn there. I've just realized I was standing in his way when this moment was happening. Butch raises the arm of LJ. I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, really looking forward to doing another style of episode like this again. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope you did too. And until next week, thanks for listening. And talk to you all later. Take care. You got to make some love. And fucking give us some smooches too. Sometimes you got to squeeze. Sometimes you got to say please. Sometimes you got to say hey. I'm gonna fuck you softly. I'm gonna screw you gently. I'm gonna hump you sweetly. I'm gonna ball you discreetly. And then you 
say, hey, I brought you flowers And then you say, wait a minute, Sally I think I got something in my teeth Could you get it out for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite position? That's cool with me, it's not my favorite, but I'll do it for you What's your favorite dish? I'm not gonna cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar And then I'm gonna love you completely And then I fucking fuck you discreetly And then I fucking bone you completely But then I'm gonna fuck